to libate is to pour out uh, liquid, especially wine, in honor of a deity. Oh, mm. I actually did not know that. But to masturbate is to lay out. If you did it, if you poured <laughs> one out for a homie, being Aries, let's say, then you libated. Mm. Okay, all right. You know, is I, a person who libates a libator? Despite my enthusiasm of lexicography, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Conjugation. But is it libated? How do how does libated. it libated? Well, so that yes, would be just the, be past the past participle. The past participle is libated. Ha <laughs> ha. Present participle libated. So what deity are we? Uh, is there a god of podcasts? De- deity. Neil Gaiman. Is there a god of podcasts? No, it does. It does say in honor of a deity. So yeah. you could consider someone a god. I mean, I mean, <laughs> deity. Well, you pretty you much. Know, you know, you know, Scarlet. <laughs> Welcome to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet Podcast, the only podcast to combine the subjects of gaming, tech, media, and puppets for no easily explainable reason. It's August 25th, 2023. You are the internet. I am Kevin Blades. My pronouns are he, him, and this is episode 16 of Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet Podcast. Joining me are my co-hosts. His pronouns are he, him. It's Jamie, a.k.a. Scumboy. Rocking you like a hurricane. (laughs) Don't do that. And his pronouns are he, him. It's Andrew, a.k.a. Bad Phantom. I'm from Alaska now. From where? From Alaska. Yes. We exiled him to Alaska, but it didn't stick. Found his way. They managed to to sneak onto a steamer. It only took him 36 hours of flying to get back No, it was was a 24-hour journey to return from the boat. It was literally 24 hours from stepping off the boat to being on the Up Express. They handed him a bindle on a stick, and he had to get to Anchorage. (laughs) Did you ride the rails? That's you know. I did, yes. Not not in the fashion of our ancestors, no. But uh, but I was on a train at one. How point. did our ancestors ride the Your rails ancestors. that were different? Than- when I say ancestors, I mean my uncle. Forebears. You mean forebears? Yeah, sure. Forebears. That works better. Ancestors would be like the Australopithecus was not not known to rails. take the transit. I guess ancestors probably greater than four generations. Maybe I'm hmm. sure there's a definition for it, but we'll just accept. If only that. you had a rabbit hole to go down. Yes, uh, Alaska's incredible. Um, just to get that out of the way, I mean, Jamie, you've been. No, you've done, oh, I thought you did the, no. the the cruise. Oh, cool! It's been on the bucket list, yeah. but I've never uh, never gone. It's such a it's such a neat idea for a summertime vacation. Could you see Russia? Uh, I did not. Uh, I could not see Russia. Um, but didn't look hard enough. But the idea of going somewhere cold in the summer is beautiful how cold was it yes. it was two degrees nice uh, when we went to glacier bay we when you we were on the deck in glacier bay everybody was wearing parkas and stuff i had my hoodie on because i'm east coast but <laughs> you're um, like canada represents you're exactly. canadian you have blood yeah exactly so, it's so okay no it was uh it was nice and cool even even uh you know ketchikan skagway were like 15 degrees it, it officially degrees. hit brisk at two degrees <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no it was, it was also skagway was can we just pause on skagway for oh, a yeah. Yeah, it's a great name. Alaska doesn't have much going for it, and the names of towns are a thing they also don't have going for it. Skagway was basically <laughs> created, I believe, largely as a, a cruise ship stop uh, where they set up a 
uh, Klondike style. Uh, you right. know, it's it's like a little uh, tourist trap. Have you ever, you, you've heard of Tombstone in Arizona, the city yeah, that yeah. was set up to look like an old west. It's like that, but for this is what yeah. minor forty ers were like. Yeah. Huh? Uh, and and Princess Cruises didn't say, um, could we do something about that? Well, it's, it was no. It's it's a it's a fun name, and and the the centerpiece of the of the area is a train run that goes from literally from the cruise port. Like you step Wait, off the you boat. Did actually ride the rails? I did. They have a, a lovely train. New respect. The the White Pass, they call it. And it goes into the mountain and it goes alongside the original path that the Klondike miners took when they were right. looking to looking to make their money back in the day. And um and it's it's stunning. It's absolutely beautiful. It's it's in the mountains and the fact that the the rail was built after the fact is still I mean they built it because even even then there was still mining and whatnot going on and it turned into a tourist attraction in the nineties, I think, in terms of conversion. So uh it's really something special. Uh, it's, it's quite beautiful. But uh Ketchikan, even Ketchikan was the first stop, and it's a literal rainforest. It's a boreal rainforest in Alaska. Because of the, wow. con- the the weather conditions there, it mm-hmm. just rains constantly, basically, and the trees are absolutely massive. It's 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 incredible. So and Juno's Juno's lovely. I did a whale tour in Juno. I got on a, they, they, a brand new boat. Whales? I did. There was there were several whales. They're not they're not supposed to get within a hundred meters or hundred yards. Well, same difference. Um, so the the company has a restraining order on whales. They do. They do. Um, <laughs> yes, and, the whales is the whales' fault. Yeah, <laughs> they they have to they have to give them their space. And if a, if a whale chooses to come closer, they call that a mugging. So yeah, I love that. And so we were not mugged, but we did get some note some, for marketing. Can we call it something else? <laughs> I love the idea else. of a whale mugging you. But um, it's a real nice. It was it was lovely. It was just like nice going out in the middle and and you know the, the north, not even North Alaska at that point. You're still along the what do they call it? The peninsula? I don't know. The stretch that's still south of Anchorage, the the, the bulk of Alaska. I have no south picture of even what Alaska is shaped like in my head. I have no. Well, it's, it's, it's it's kind of a, a square chunk that comes off of uh, the Northwest Territories right. into it's the a, ocean. It's a long stretch of land that blocks. British Columbia from from the Pacific. Right. It just it goes along like half of BC. I have a broad knowledge. I fear that geography is not one of them. If you take the extended train from Skagway, like they have two runs that go, the White White Pass is like I a two hour never- loop. Do anything involving Skagway because I would never stop laughing. It goes further past White Pass and it actually goes to the Yukon. It's only like another right. hour out, and then you get off and you're in the Yukon and you have to have your passport because it's because, Canada. Yeah. So, did you do a, a stint on a crab trawler when you were in Anchorage when you <laughs> no. flight home? You didn't go out for a uh, like a three hour crab pole. No, that was an option. You, you could go crab fishing technically, but it was. I'm sure it was. No, you need to go on one of the deadliest catch boats. Right. No, actually, one of the. Show- but one of the boats that was used in Deadly's Catch is, excuse me, available as a tour, uh, as one of the excursions. No, you need to go and do to. hard labor. Like, no, like, like the actual nice. Yeah, if you pay extra, they will kill you. Yeah, yes. exactly. It, it comes with free meth they to will, do your job. They will drop a, a crab pot on you. Yeah, it's. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a it's it's amazing, and I and it was busy. They said that they're expecting between one and a half and two million visitors. I was in Alaska this season. I was in Vancouver the week after you left, yeah. and they said the week you left was the busiest cruise season they have seen in a decade. That for cruises to Alaska. With the day I left, there was our boat. There was the the Disney Wonder. Mm-hmm. There was the Queen Elizabeth from Cunard. And there was also uh, another Norwegian. I was on Norwegian Cruise Line. I was on the Jewel. Uh, the Sun was also leaving that day. 
Uh, so right there, four ships left just that day. And when we were in Juneau, it was so busy that the, the, yeah, the tender in the Queen Elizabeth had the tender in. Yeah. Uh, we were the the, the I Norwegian know what, I don't know what tender, tender means you have to actually get on a boat to get to the land. So they as they, opposed right. to they being anchor docked. off uh, off of a port and yeah, they shuttle. Yeah. Some some places have ports that are too shallow for certain ships yeah. and they have to bring a tender. The logistics are nuts. Just the yeah. idea of getting you know because there's two thousand yeah, people boat, on this boat. Get a boat to the boat. Yeah. yeah, it's nuts. So whereas Norwegian bought ports off. Offsite, basically. So, for instance, in Ketchikan, they have to run shuttle buses from them from there to the actual cruise port, which is a twenty-minute drive. When I stopped at Halifax, there were so many ships, uh, Norwegian ships, actually, in uh, in the actual cruise port in Halifax. We had to uh, stop at one of the commercial ports, right, and then take shuttles into, into uh, the Halifax proper. Into the, yeah, into the. Uh, privateer's wharf, as it were. But yeah, no. It's anyway. I highly recommend an Alaskan cruise. And mm-hmm. like I said, it's it's such a smart idea to escape the weather, and despite the fact that Toronto has had the coldest August in rec- on, probably on record this mm-hmm. year, which is hilarious. It's just proof that climate change isn't real. Exactly. Look how nice it is here. It's called global warming, and it's not as warm. Yeah. It's a myth. The rest of Canada's on fire. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I, thankfully, fire. thankfully, I was not affected by that as the, well. The, the smoke day did not a, a I flew us. out of Vancouver uh, was the day before the uh, air quality crashed. Yeah, you know, we, I just missed most of that. So that was all lucky. the uh, all the stuff in the Okanagan hadn't started up or wasn't nearly as bad. And then uh, the the Thursday after I, I flew out Wednesday Thursday they were showing views of downtown uh, Vancouver mm. and it looked like uh, that scene from Blade Runner twenty forty nine in Vegas beautiful <laughs> a lot a lot of people on the boat were from Vancouver so they and the the, the cruise I was on the reason I took it was because it was so cheap so basically if you lived in Vancouver you could have got on that boat for four hundred dollars. And with everything included, well, you have to pay poor taxes. You would stuff. also be a scullery, but well, still. And there were people that were taking the seven day cruise up to Anchorage and then staying on the boat for the seven day cruise back to Vancouver. Because again, it's like a thousand dollar two week vacation on a mm. boat with everything included except for liquor. If you want to drink, it's cheaper than getting the drinks package. So unless you're hardcore, in which case, get the drinks package. Anyway, I'll answer more questions if you have anything on the Discord. <laughs> that sounds, sounds very Andrew will be doing an AMA later this week on yeah. Discord. Join the Discord. I'm, uh, I'm going to have a vacation this coming week and do nothing. That's the best <laughs> that's, kind. That's called a snakeation, Kevin. It really kind of is. I don't even, I, I'm not even sure what I'm going to do this week. I know you're not going to Baldur's Gate. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, listen to the last podcast. He did. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, okay, there we go. To catch up, Jamie. You got anything? Did you go I, anywhere? I was good? in Vancouver for work uh, for like what forty eight hours. I, we worked a half day on Monday and got everything we needed done, and we had booked two days. So Monday afternoon was uh, we went to Gastown in uh, just a, one of the neighborhoods. Wait, Gastown, Gastown, Vancouver. It's never one heard of the neighborhoods. I've never heard. I told you. It's, I just said geography is not my. Book. It's it's <laughs> just outside of where a lot of the downtown. You went to Skagway. You went to Gastown. Am I living in the wrong universe? What's, a little bit. What's, a little what's, bit. What's Gastown happening? is right near where a lot of the film studios are that are All more right. downtown in Vancouver. That's literally a Mad Max name. Um, mm-hmm. It is, and uh, we went. <laughs> To a really nice pub called Local there, and they had uh, excellent drinks and really good food. Did they call the pub Local, local. so you could just say, I'm, I'm a local, yeah. local pub? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm here at the Local. Um, and then we walked around a little bit and then went to Gotham Steakhouse, which is the best steakhouse in 
North America, I will put money on. There you right. go. Um, and we had a decadent dinner. And then uh, the next day, we had the entire day just to ourselves because we'd already done all the work we needed to do. So we went to the Vancouver Aquarium. Um, in 2020, did either you watch the – there was a uh, live stream that the Vancouver Aquarium was doing of a rescue otter oh, they yeah. got named Joey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got uh, my partner and I through a lot of early uh, COVID. We would watch – because we'd have like the stream open and a window on our computers at home and just watch them and you know, they'd, they'd be taking care of this uh, this foundling or otter. Um, and he grew up and, and was deemed unreleasable because he didn't have enough time with his mother to learn wild skills. Sure. So he's now part of the exhibition. You don't there. know how to otter. I so, think, I think I saw an otter in Glacier Bay. It's they're They're very prominent in that area, especially in the colder waters. Um, but, um, we, I went and saw where Joey is now and I probably saw Joey himself and I brought my partner back a ton of like otter related stuff because mm-hmm. she fell in love with Joey. Uh, so I had to stop there and do that. And then we just kind of walked around uh, Stanley Park and the waterfront in Vancouver. And it was just lovely. It was a be- beautiful day. Like it was, I think it was 28 to 30, but it was no humidity. And if there was any breeze at all, because we were right by the water, there was always a breeze. It just felt so cool. It was really wonderful. Paid vacation. Two days. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. nice. I'm glad that worked out. Not bad. And I played a lot of uh, Brutal Legend on the Steam Deck while we were doing that. Brutal Legend and uh, Arkham Asylum. Nice. I, w- I will mention on the boat, I was hoping that there would be a nice place where I could sit in a comfy chair and just play games. There was nowhere to sit like that. I always get a balcony, so I have a comfy place to sit and <laughs> yeah, play games I or read. I, I cheaped out and got the See, inside See, this is what the cruise ships need is is to accommodate gamers. gamers. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, They need a smoking room with all the energy drinks you can drink so you could be a gamer. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Sponsored by Monster Energy. Balls. I remember balls. Yeah. I do. Uh, Think Geek used to sell balls. Uh, for the listener that wasn't around in the late 90s, early we 2000s. We probably do need to explain this. Balls, B-A-W-L-S, was a caffeinated water. Yeah. That was flavored like uh, uh, carbonated vanilla. Yeah, was it? It was I, definitely. I a couple of flavors. It I, think. Was, I, I, only ever got the, I only ever got straight balls. only balls going to his face is straight ones oh my god Um, there's the cold open Uh, no it was definitely vanilla I thought there was a citrus one too but I might be misremembering but it was a caffeinated water because when they were in, in the early 2000s Nerds needed caffeine. Hey, I was a. Uh, um, this is what the people who like who who were too serious to drink Mountain Dew. Yes, this is what they drank. Hey, Wikipedia. When when you put the introduced date, you don't need to say how long ago it was because fuck you. <laughs> um, introduced November nineteen ninety six, twenty six years ago. Um, it is still available for purchase. I was a uh, Jolt Cola addict mm-hmm. for the longest time. Um, Twice the caffeine of a coffee, all the flavor of a Coke. Yep. Mm. That's then and all of these things are now beyond me because they're all full oh, of they're, sugar. They're all, and they're also all murder. Yeah, no, that's my stomach is uh, is a, a, enough of a every pit. single one of my blood vessels would explode simultaneously if I tried to drink anything like that. No, it's, uh, it's still being sold in, in Merck. Caffeine recollections with the old people. Uh-huh. Um, and on that note, I think we will take a quick break and we will be back. With the puppet pit.
You have entered an alternate dimension. A dimension of fleece and fur, of foam and industrial adhesives. So I hope you have good ventilation. A signpost up ahead. Watch your step. You have just stumbled into the puppet pit. All right, indulge me because I'm not. This is this is now off the record. Okay, okay. Um, I want you to mute all of this, and then play the thing, and then unmute us. You have entered an alternate dimension, a dimension of fleece and fur, of foam and industrial adhesives. So I hope you have good ventilation. A signpost up ahead. Watch your step. You have just stumbled into the Puppet Pit. The Welcome pit. to the Puppet Pit, where we talk about the puppet side of Operation Puppet for the last two weeks. Brought to you by balls. <laughs> There's only straight balls. Straight get balls. Some, get some balls, India, oh, for puppet time. No. Was that it. their marketing, get some balls, India? Oh, God, no. I mean, I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it was they the called 90s. it balls. I know. Balls. I mean, what else do you need to know? You know what puppets don't have? Balls. I mean, none of my puppets. I can tell you that right now. Um, okay, builds for the past two weeks. It's been so, a productive past been, two weeks. It's been more productive than the previous two weeks. Uh, so there've been four builds. Mm-hmm. Um, the first and two very special ones, I will say, and two completely boring ones. That we won't even bother talking about those. But boring puppets. Boring puppets. Um, the very first was so I <sighs> backstory. Weird kid store who we have talked about yes. before, who who sell my most favorite fleece of all, um, had a sale on some pre-dyed stuff that they already uh, had and had remnants of. Uh, so I, of course, went yes, 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 and bought up a whole bunch of their or their pre-dyed stock. And in that pre-dyed stock was a bunch of pink fleece. Excellent. Um, I like me some pink, it turns out. Yeah. There's there's your quote right there. I see. <laughs> I like me some pink and only straight balls. <sighs> Sorry. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I I got this all this fleece and I got this bunch of pink fleece. I'm like, well, okay, looking at what there isn't on the shops and it turns out most of things that mm. I sell are not because I'm almost sold out still. Yes. Um. So I had to start restocking so i'm like well okay i don't have a goblin i like me some goblins i'll make a goblin and i got i'll make a a pink goblin that was the very first thought because i had the pink fleas i gotta make a goblin i'll make a pink goblin pink goblin mode sounds like a cocktail yeah, I would you know what? A pink goblin? I would, I would totally order a pink goblin. We should go to one of our bartender friends and ask them to develop a pink we goblin. Could, this could be the official uh, cocktail of the podcast. Absolutely. I mean, what would it pink be? Pink lemonade and vodka, I guess. Well, they, have a, they have a pink Whitney drink, which is already pink. There's, a whole, bunch of this, there's a whole bunch of pink somethings. Is it pink? Keep I don't it, know. Keep it simple. Yeah, we'll come up with it. If you have suggestions out there for something that I, as a diabetic, could possibly drink, then uh, we'll let that be a, a, a contest for the listeners. Nice. Invent the pink goblin cocktail and we'll make it the official Just cocktail. Just leave out the maraschino cherry. Yeah. Uh, so that. So it started out as I'm going to make a pink goblin and it ended up, well, we'll okay, so we'll make a pink goblin and this just happened to be when the Barbie movie hit. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm like, Hey, I could do like a like a themed tie-in and get that hot new trend that all the mm. kids are into. A now. blonde pink goblin. 
So I, that, that was the thing. I make a blonde pink goblin that is, and, and this is another kind of point. I don't, because everything I've done up until this point has been mostly monsters, Mm -hmm. I don't tend to gender them in any way, right? Because they're monsters. They're already like, and it kind of irks me when people like auto assume that it's a, that it's a he. Monster is the third gender. All of you (laughs) go out and read the monstrous regiment for a, for a lesson in gendering monsters. Exactly. Um, so, so you know, in the, in this case, I'm like, well, okay, I'll try and do one that is obviously like, you know, uh, presenting female, mm-hmm. right? So that means a whole bunch of things. Now, also because I'm also doing these human characters now, which I haven't been doing up until now, it's, I think, a good idea to do things to get some gender diversity, some clear gender diversity mm-hmm. in there and kind of make things that are female or male presented. It'll also be a nice uh, difference in the portfolio. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, I never try and I don't it, it irks me when people assume male for the monster characters yep. because like, well, I don't gender them when I'm building them. I don't think of them as a he or a she. I just think it's a monster. Yeah. Like this is up to the owner. This is up to the person who creates this character character that's not that you know listening to republicans it's not up to me it's not up to you it's up to the individual you hear that the creator is saying this the creator has spake (laughs) and says it's up to the individual so so you know but just thinking like okay so what would i do to make this a female presenting monster right because that's a a bit of a challenge so you know you go you go with the typical things right Mm -hmm. Big red lips, eyelashes, blonde hair, nails, and, giant breasts, and well, no, it's a goblin. I'm it's, not doing, it's an eighties goblin. Eighties goblin drawn 80s by puppet. 80s what's goblin that? What's that terrible puppet. comic book artist? What's his name? Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld, yeah, yes, with, with no waist, no waist, or, uh, no feet. Or, hey, Rob Liefeld should design puppets because they got no feet. There you um, go. It could also be that female gremlin from Gremlins too that oh, everyone messed up on. Yep, absolutely. Um, so I did that. So it, it ended up being kind of half Barbie, half drag goblin. If I remember, you used some of the leftover Frankie fur for hair. So the hair is a bit of, I have a very tiny scrap of leftover fur that I used for Frankie. And that, that's the, that's the fur. You gave it I a nice used. dirty blonde nice, uh, yeah, exactly. uh, hair. So one of our Discord members, and I have received permission to mention this, Leia, shout out Leia. Excellent. Um, before it was ever even up for sale, I just posted the pictures on the Discord, and Leia went, how much is it? How, how much? <laughs> yes. Wow. And I, uh, I told her, and she was like, I want it. Leia, so, yep. owner of Arson. Sashay Divine. Has is named it Sashay Divine, and it is fabulous. Officially Drag Goblin is now, is now nice. I believe, it should have been delivered by now. I haven't checked, actually, the the everything but uh uh leia should have received uh sashay divine or will be receiving sashay divine soon and, then, and the nice thing about drag is it's still gender undefined and because there know. are female yeah. drag queens male trans um and it's it's wonderful but it was really nice to do that because it kind of gave me practice like things like the lips lips right yes i hadn't done that before this they was the came first out time very done, well yeah it was pretty good so so now i have a technique that i can use to make other puppets that are less Janice, more lipstick. It is definitely that. Um, I wanted originally. I was thinking I wanted to do them 
uh, it's carved foam. Mm, yes, um, like the but, tongues that you do sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Um, but by that point, I had already, like, the puppet was mostly done yeah. by the time I got around to doing the lips. And I'm like, okay, this is an unknown quantity. Doing him as carved foam, that means you have to glue it on. Yeah. And I'm like, if that goes wrong, yeah, it's a fail. there's no coming back from that, mm-hmm. right? That means, like, I have to make a whole new head. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'll play it safe and I'll just stitch it. You know, some some I had some red fleece already, so I just stitched the fleece on. I, I traced the it, shape out. It looked great, and it, it ended up pretty good. I think in the future I'm going to want to try and do some carved foam lips, but I'll do that as like an experiment to kind of go. I'll start there and then start with the lips and yeah. see how it goes. Uh, you can even test fit them to something and exactly. see how it goes. Didn't you knock out two smalls in one day? So I didn't really. Okay, so that was that was the the Monday following. So yeah, I I did I did the goblin and then I built the internals of two smalls in a week. Okay, right. So then on the Monday of the following week, which is the Monday of this week, yes, um, I, I finished the two smalls. Okay, right? I thought you had done the internals. So, the no, morning I had all, I then... had already done the internals. The internals were built. That's, gotcha. That's, and that that was what enabled me to be able to do the mm-hmm. two smalls. So I did the I did two small skins and put them all together in the features with three D printed eyes. With three D printed eyes. Um, in one day. Amazing. So that was pretty good. And then I started on the next Human. Now, the intention that I had had was, so I made this, this pattern based on the previous Human. Yes. That uh, it was just going to be another sort of Sesame Street style human character. Uh, and I had made this sort of tall, thin, uh, head pattern based off of the other pattern that I already had that mm-hmm. we did on stream. Um, and then I realized how close it was to Halloween. Ooh. And it's like, oh, this is the end of August. I really need to get going on Ooh, the Halloween what, what kind of classic monster is a tall So, head? you know, it, it just it just kind of fell into place. I'm like, well, obviously this is going to be a Frankenstein. So I ended up doing the, the next hu- human human character is in fact the monster because, of course, it is. But it's a human monster. But it is a human monster. It's, got, it's made it, from... Several humans. Yes. <laughs> Several, yes, many. Um, Harvested from multiple puppets. And here's the fun thing. There's a there's a code here, right? So mm-hmm. um, particularly with, with Sesame Street style sort of whatnot, anything Muppet style characters, there's some there are some design rules. Yeah. Okay. You can do a human character without a nose. That's fine. Yes. You can't do a human character without ears. Really? The ears are what defines the human. If you do a human character without ears, you're not it, it's not clear that it's human. Interesting. And this is why I'm I'm still not sure myself, the creator of the character, if Jelly Roll is a human or not. Because Jelly oh, Roll no don't ears. got ears. Yeah, he's got the hair and the hat. Yeah, well, he, he's sort of the personification of New Orleans, which so, it could be humanoid, but not know, human. He lost his ears in a gambling incident. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, Jelly Roll, I'm going to need those ears. <laughs> you know, oh, I'd man, like to let you, you walk do. out of here, but uh, yeah. you're not going to. Uh, on your ears. Jesus, that's, that got dark real fast. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of the line, right? Yeah. It's like if they got ears, they're human. <laughs> that's kind of where it goes. So the Frankenstein got finished today. Stunning. And it's pretty good. It's, it definitely falls into the category of I don't think I want to sell this one. I would like you to just once just once say that his puppet is mid or something. The, just once. The they're black all, stitching really on the wrist. I can, I, can, I can give you a list if you like. <laughs> well, I'm sure you consider them mid. 
<laughs> the black stitching on the wrists where you didn't have quite enough fabric to do integrated hands on the arms. So, so you actually had separate hands and arms. That's something I, that was, again, this was just one of those. Well, Happy it accidents. just fell into place. Yeah. So, of course, I'm going to do it this way. So I usually do my arms and hands as a single piece. And I just trace them out and then, mm-hmm. I, then I run them on the machine. So it's just like a single seam underneath. Yeah. But in this case, so the, uh, the interesting thing about, among the interesting things about the Frankenstein is that uh, the fleece is actually the very first bolt or, or yard, actually mm-hmm. two yards probably by this point, uh, that I ever bought from Weird Kid four years ago. For the first And uh, it was Greebly. used in the very first prototype Greebly. Yeah. So this is the same fleece that was used in that and it's now completely gone. Like from, I can, I got enough to make a couple of eyelids or something, but that's it. From right? the days before Greebly necks. From the days before Greebly foam. Even. Yeah. Like, oh, there no, no there's foam. no foam. There was no foam in the original Greeblies. It was just, it was just the fleece. Yeah. And the fur. So it was and almost now, a sack puppet. It really, well, it, it's really a sock puppet. Like yeah. it's, I designed them intentionally uh, at the beginning after Kermit. Right? Yes, yes. So there was very little structure inside there. You could yeah. just move your hand around and, you know, because I was trying to kind of go, people want a Kermit. I'm not going to make a Kermit, but I can make I can, something I can make this. like a Kermit. Yeah, Kermit adjacent. Exactly. Um, so but, anyway. But there was a uh, tech upgrade on oh, the Franken. There's so, there's so much, which is all so fitting, right? So, the, yes, I had to stitch. I didn't have enough of a single piece to do the hands and mm-hmm. arms as a single piece, so I had to do the hands separately. So the hands were literally stitched on, as well as the cosmetic stitching. The with big the, black X yeah. stitches. Oh, the, the somebody who could barely control their hands yeah. doing these gigantic Xs to hold something together. Now, I thought you were going to say, instead of bolts in his neck, you gave him a 5G antenna or something. That would be they, they probably good. do would be get 5G. You could definitely get 5G on these. So yeah, Bill a, Gates came by to install them. So <laughs> there's a bunch of 3D printed stuff in this uh, in this puppet. So the eyes mm-hmm. are fantastic. The final looking. version of the thing that we prototyped on the last podcast. The one that we now, spitballed. Yeah, the one that we just literally were like during the podcast. We're like, look at the build plate. Um, I, I refined them a bit since then, so they now have a flat back and they the black. Have, a couple of, yeah, there's a couple of, of back plates. There's a black back plate that goes on to create a black outline, and there's a back plate underneath, mm-hmm. and there's a flat bolt that goes on underneath. So they are literally removable. You can just unscrew something and take the eyes off. Um, and there's also the neck bolts. The neck bolts were just done for this puppet and will only ever be for, if I ever do another Frankenstein, that's what they'll be for. But that's the thing. I knocked them out in like 10 minutes. Jim Henson nice. would have loved 3D printers. Oh, yes. I cannot. Rapid prototyping for yeah. puppet design would have been huge. And the thing is like I had done, so I done Frank and Small the year before. Which right? also is one of my favorite looking smalls, period. And what I used for the neck bolts there was I got these like oversized size thumbtacks and i just cut the the pin part off and just glued the thumbtack part on right very effective but in this way i was able to do something that you these are once again there's a bolt and there's a threaded bolt in there so you can literally unscrew them and take them off they look fantastic they're a completely custom shape and and i you know i designed and 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 sliced them in like 10 minutes and took like a you know an hour or two to print but nevertheless, this puppet, and that's the thing about the 3D printer. It's like I can make stuff for a specific puppet 
that's custom to that puppet. Absolutely. And I don't have to reuse it, and it's still fine. Like, it yeah. does not eat up a ton of time. If you were right? sending away to China for this, you'd want to order 100 of them yes. just to make it worth ordering. Exactly. And then you'd have, you'd be like, oh, I guess i got to make 100 Frankensteins or plan to make a Frankenstein yeah. every year to use this up. So, you know, the example there is the nails. So Frankenstein's got nails, Right, and that I that I did actually just go you know, hand paint with nail polish. Did you black. just resize the? Uh, so I just took the nails that I did for Sachet Divine, and which then, were really long and pointy. I just I just scaled those down and then printed out six of them, or sorry, eight of them, because I, I printed out six to begin with, and this actually happened on the build stream. I yes, think. yes, it did. It finished, and just by default, I only print six because all of my puppets only have Three two fingers, fingers and a thumb. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, but this one, being a human character, has three fingers and a thumb. So I printed two nails less than I needed. Mm-hmm. And this was during the build stream that it finished. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I just loaded up the thing. And printed and two printed more. Printed two more. And it's like, it was like 25 stream. minutes or something like that. Yeah. And, it was, and, and there we go. And so yep. now it's got all of the nails. Also, the big thing, and I literally just designed these this morning. It's been something I've been thinking about for a while. But I just kind of put it together this morning was um, a style of doll joint. Mm -hmm. So this is a a way of connecting one piece to another piece. And doll joints, the way they usually work is they're permanent, right? You snap them into place and that's it. And the thing is they they create a pivot point. So like you can put like an arm onto a doll and it will have a, a point of articulation. But I wanted ones that were removable. Now, this is the solution to the problem of removable arm rods. Multiple. And so this is this is something worth talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much we talked about it before. I know We, that we, we did mention about, it when you were talking about prototyping removable arm I rods because the done, other solution is. Yeah, I had done one that uses uh, aquarium tubing in a socket yeah. and the arm rod gets kind of shoved up into the socket. And it's still got a little bit of uh, friction so you can kind of get a little bit of yeah. wrist, wrist flexation, but, but not of course, a lot. The problem is over time that's going to loosen Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Right? So, Repeated removals, And this is why most professional puppets don't use removable arm rods or they use the flag that they have to stitch in now you want removable arm rods because you need to do costume changes Mm -hmm. and it's hard to get like if you're putting on a jacket or a shirt or something it's hard to get them over the arm rods so you want to be able to not have the arm rod there of course the other solution is to just not have the arm there at Mm -hmm. all right and that was what I wanted to do with these doll joints. So I basically just did the same thing I've been doing with the eyes. I just created a threaded rod yep. and, a, and, a, and a nut that goes around. But because you can screw it in, you can unscrew it. So I've made like doll joints that can be removed. How, and do, you, how do you fasten the shoulder part? So the shoulder part um, is where it's, it's hard to say on a podcast. Yeah. In, in the top of the arm... Yes. Is where the the nut, yes. as it were, sits, right? And you glue that in. And so it's just glued to the fabric yeah, around. It's, it's glued to the fabric. It's hot glued in. Okay. And hot glue works really well with this this filament, by the way, because it actually melts the filament a little bit, right? So I was, it's, it's, I was thinking you could also 3D print channels into it and then run thread, like a heavier gauge oh, yeah. thread through it and to hold that and then, then glue it around that. You, you definitely could, but you don't really need to because because the, 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 hot, glue the hot glue works, works so well, well yeah. with, with, the, with the filament. You actually have to kind of be careful, as I found out with some of the nails, because it will actually start to melt the, the filament a little bit if yeah, you yeah. leave it too hot. Yeah. Be really careful with that. Um, so, yeah, in the top and the top. And this is how regular doll joints work as well. If you're going to use them in a the puppet, you put the you put the, the washer part at the top of the arm yep. and then you poke 
the the peg out of the arm. Yeah. And then you just, in the case of a regular doll joint, you just snap them into place. Or in yep. the case of this one, you, screw it you in. put the arm on and then you screw it in from the inside. Right? That's nice. And But these ones... You can unscrew, therefore, and, and take then, the arms off and, and do, then do, do a, a costume do change. Do a costume change. Yeah. Say if you get a, a a black, severe, buttonless jacket to yeah. put on him. Can I just say, as someone who's dislocated my shoulder, that this has all been very triggering? I can imagine this is probably a little bit, yeah. You should see how the shop looks sometimes. Because <laughs> there's, there's limbs everywhere. And, Literally, Igor's uh, yeah. area. So that's what uh, that's those were the builds. The great thing about the Frankenstein puppet is just the all absolute, not never ending stream of black and white Frankenstein gifs in the channel. Oh, yeah, this was this was um, a rich a rich source of Igor young Frankenstein and uh, proper. Uh, I, I don't know if it was a Karloff Frankenstein you you printed you you put up when it was the completed and um, just recently. So the music. The music I used in that, uh, so yeah, the the oh, the gift that I yes. put up was was yeah that yeah, was, it was the Karloff, Karloff one that yeah. was the Karloff Frank that yeah. was the um, t- t- whale something whale James James whale thank you uh, was the director of the, nice. of the original Universal Frankenstein um, the very first Frankenstein film was made by Thomas Edison wow and was one of the first films ever made fanboy. Yep, you know, I I know a few things about the Frankenstein thing. Um, so yeah, this this Frankenstein was definitely based on the Jack Pierce mm. uh, makeup for Boris Karloff. That's why the, the the upper lids are very heavy. Yes, that's why it had to be the neck bolt. I I contemplated doing the head bolts for yes, a while. Yes, yes, I still haven't found. I there are some designs for Frankenstein that you would know. That use the the bolts in the temples rather than the neck, and I'm trying to f- think of where did I see that because I know is it is it it might have been a hammer version if they were really trying to fuck version, with uh, yeah. fuck with that. Actually, what, about, what about the one that happened in the '90s? Didn't they redo the uh, Frankenstein design fairly radically? Oh, well, I mean, there's been a bunch. There's like all yeah. of the all of the hammer ones are the, not based on the Kenneth Branagh one. They yeah. weren't in his temple. That would have been too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, that would have been too much. I don't even think he has any. He's just he's just, yeah, like he's stitched just together. Yeah. Right? I don't if they're the his bolts are tucked in. Oh, that's interesting. This this uh, the stock photo, uh, like a clip art of Frankenstein. He's got it in his temples. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Maybe it was like a Halloween design. They put him up there it for like copyright been. reasons, and it just. Got, I want to say I have an image in my head Herman of Karloff Mr. with them, though. That's really? the thing. Yeah, I, I know it could be a false memory. I have no idea. Anyway, Mandela neck bolts, affected neck bolts, head bolts, whatever. The, he's got neck bolts. Next one, put in head bolts. You know, it's it's not out of the question. So there we go. That is that is so weird. Most of the clip art, it's in his temple. Really? Yeah, but interesting. All of the live action versions, it's always been on the neck. Hmm. I mean, anatomically, it's, it makes more sense. It's just to be so weird, though, that that's where they they decided to put them for most of these. Uh, I mean, an argument can be made for both. Either you know what, directly it, into the brain, or jumpstarting the entire nervous. I system. I can't say oh, I've ever yeah. read it, but maybe Mary Shelley's version. She she said that they were in the temple. Maybe so that's why I have read for it for whatever reason. It was it a on the thousand neck. years ago yeah, that I read it. I modern read a Prometheus. So yeah, we had a, we had a whole discussion on the on the build stream about the philosophy of Frankenstein. Mm. We've also had a, a long discussion on the Discord. Which you should join. You should join the Discord. There's a link in the show notes. Join the Discord because JB's wrapping this up, and that's probably a good thing because I probably need another drink soon. Anyway, 
If you've enjoyed this puppet talk and all the other talk that we're about to have, you mm. can always support us uh, with a donation to cover our hosting costs for both the website and the podcast. If you go to ko-fi.com slash Operation Puppets. Never required. We love you regardless. Absolutely. And uh, But, you know, money. <laughs> this ain't our our time is free. Our hosting is not. It does cost that. My pocket, time is so. worthless. It's just you know. I I try. I try. You know. I pay you with the bourbon. I mean, this is this worthless. what's happening right now. All right. Anyway, we're going to take an actual break, and we will be back with Gizmo Town. The sky above the port was the color of a YouTube video hit with a copyright takedown. Around the rainy streets, people huddled with neon umbrellas and impractical goggles. Here we fight the corporate arcologies and get excited about phones. Welcome to the mean streets of Gizmo Town. We haven't talked about phones in a while. It's true. I think we've we've I I definitely just, hit a plateau on, on there was, phones. Yeah, there's been nothing. What what else is there? Exactly. Like what could you? What more can you do with a phone? My it's next like, work upgrade is going to be the iPhone that comes out with the USB C port. Because you know what, yeah, my which, next iPhone will be one with USB C port, or I won't be getting an iPhone. It, I need I need to, to uh, consolidate the charger infrastructure. It's just yeah. so nuts having lightning bolt cables for one device. Yeah, I, this it. definitely counts for Gizmo Town. So I uh, when I was walking, uh, I was going to meet some friends for dinner, and I. Notice my shoes. My shoes felt loose. I said to myself, "Next thing I know, I'm falling forward, and I land uh, on my on my front and my on my hands. And I had my phone in my hand. I thought oh, I did no. it again. I thought I did it again. So I, I and I, I landed hard. And there was next. Oh my god, are you okay? You know, I'm fine. I'm fine. So I got up, and the phone was fine. I'm like, whew! So I went up for dinner. Everything was fine. And and then I got home and I pulled out my iPad out of my bag, and it had been. It turned into a foldable. Oh no! So that was fun. So it turned out I had bought it in uh, October 2020. Okay, uh, I did not buy Apple Care for it at the time mm-hmm. anyway, which only would have lasted two years. I don't think they extend it. I'm not really sure. I think laptops and desktops you, are only yeah. the things you can get three years. You on. can get you can you can buy more years if you want. I think so. But anyway, I said, well, all right, fuck. And I, <laughs> despite the fact that this is the year they probably would have done a refresh. I had I double checked and there is a, at least at least it's a newer version of the iPad and it uses USB C now. Well, no, the old one did. My my the one my iPad Air from 2020 had the USB C. This one from last year does not. It really? Oh the oh one. the iPad. See, mine's an Air. That's what yeah. the difference is. The iPad Air uses the USB C. The, Air uses the, the iPad USB-C? doesn't. Yeah, because I know the Pro does. No, yeah, the Pro the, does, the Pro does and, and the Air, Air does. does. And oh. then, but the, the iPad, one that they iPad released doesn't. after I had bought this one, the tenth gen mm-hmm. or the eleventh gen, now uses USB C. Okay, this one still uses uh, so Lightning. The only difference is that the newer model uses the same uh, CPU as the MacBook. 
Right. It's the M1. The M1. So it is a more powerful one, like big fucking deal. And, you know, I, I thought about just not having an iPad for a while. Mm. And my subconscious went, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. I just ordered another <laughs> iPad. So I'm able to get it on uh, educational discount because I work for U of T. So, sure. so at least they saved a few bucks on it and they threw me 150 bucks in an Apple card so I can use that to pay for my Apple family that I'm not using. My brother, I wanted to put my brother on my Apple family. Mm. He's in California. And it just wasn't going to happen because oh, yeah? the the region blocking is too. Oh, sure. So like the music and the and the and the Apple TV, and so it, it wasn't going to work out. So I haven't even really started using the Apple. Yeah, we do we do the products. Apple family subscription. Sure, I mean it makes sense it if you split us, it right? even with with two. I mean Matt's been using Apple Music, and I I still I still haven't made the switch from uh, Spotify because I want to get rid of Spotify anyway. But anyway. Uh, so yeah, so don't uh, don't don't fall in What happened with your shoes? Why were they loose? <laughs> They're new. They're new Skechers, and okay. I, they fit when I got them. And I feel like they've kind of stretched a little too much now, even mm. though they're brand new, which kind of sucks ass. But oh well. Anyway, mm. I just just the logistics. Like I'm, I'm, I have my backpack, and I don't, I don't keep it on my back. I keep it on my shoulder. So as I was falling, it somehow managed to fall in front of me, mm. and so, and I think there was something in my bag that it landed on that made just the perfect wedge to fold it. So if that, anybody wants a, although now iPad, that you mentioned that is the next thing in phones, apparently is foldable. foldable. That's yeah. all they got. That's literally all they can come up with now is like, what if we folded the phone in half and you could have a small tablet with your phone? Is that something I mean, you want? I can, I can see a case for it. The problem is when you fold a, a phone in half, you get. A, th- a twice thick thing right right mm-hmm. like it's just until phones become half as thick. also the place where it folds gets really wrinkly yeah. Yeah. and looks terrible the it's, latest, it's latest or one of the more recent tech pods did an interview with somebody who was basically using a foldable mm-hmm. for the past and that was the whole episode was about well hey foldables a eh? what's up with that uh, and it was like, it's, they're okay. Yeah. Some of them are okay, the, but they're still the like, surface phone. The surface foldable was the only take that I've really been interested in. It yeah. was two phones and there was just, <laughs> just a slight bezel in the middle of where the two edges were. Yeah. And it gave you a big solid screen when you've unfolded it. There's just a, a, a slight line in the middle. Yeah. Um, instead of having this wrinkly spot where you actually are physically folding the uh, the screen, yeah, it's just not viable. And, and I mean, the only if you have two apps running side by side, if you need that, I mm-hmm. guess that's fine. But most people, I don't even think, do that. Well, see, it's the thing of like the the fact that it can go from a phone form factor to a tablet form factor yeah. is is intriguing, yeah. and also the fact that it's got like a screen on both sides. Yes, right. That's the other like thing. The, the front, like, if it's folded, that one screen works well, just fine. Your yeah. your gigantic. Uh, camera on the back is also your selfie camera because right. there's a screen yeah. right by it. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's obviously it's it, not, it's desperation. It's, it's max of desperation. They they need yeah. there to be a, a new iteration in phones because they've 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 finessed it out to the point where everything is incremental. And the now. problem is now, of course, because you go up with completely foldable glass, you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to do this. Right yeah, now. but you know, <laughs> and now we've just basically got iterative improvements that they have to pretend is an absolute absolute paradigm shift yeah. like the last one last gen it was um you can shoot movies on your phone now thanks 
I mean, no, thank you. I do products photography on my phone all the time. Yeah, it's super useful. But, you know, Let's to present that your Apple, your iPhone 14 Max Pro, you can shoot a movie on it. Yeah, cool. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. If you if you get the budget to shoot a movie, you're probably not going to use an iPhone. Exactly. You know, I'm I'm impressed that you have the technology, but you know, in it's the same way that- it's an interesting convergence of things because, like, like the fact that it does it does enable more people to have access to something that they otherwise wouldn't sure. is really cool, and I like that a lot. Um, but it's still it's still kind of gimmicky. Yeah. Right. I mean, you put an M1 in my in my iPad, so now I can run After Effects on it. Okay. I just like the screen and the form factor on yeah. this thing. It's just perfect. And I mean, I probably should have just got a regular iPad, honestly. But I mean, the, fact the screen is fucking, so adorable. On my on my my older my like 2018 iPad Pro, which is still the iPad I use when I do use an iPad, and I hardly ever use my iPad anymore. Mm. Um, the fact that DaVinci Resolve mm. full on 100 percent full blown DaVinci Resolve has now got an iPad version and it works. Yeah, I can just use DaVinci Resolve on my iPad is mind blowing. It's, it's bananas. It's, it's, bananas. Like, it's so it's so it's neat. That was the only thing that made me go, should I get a new iPad? No, I don't need a new iPad. Yeah. I have a good laptop. I have a good desktop. I have all the things I need. I don't need a new iPad. But as I say, there's there's likely going to be a refresh, I think, in October. I haven't heard anything Probably, about this. Yeah. I'm just basing it by the fact that I bought one in 2020. Yeah. The ref- I guess no, because the refresh must have been last year. Yeah. And so it wouldn't be this year that would, they would do a refresh. Yeah. It would probably be next year. So I'm golden. I'm fine. I'm, everything's you're good. fine. You're good. You're good. All right. All now right. we can actually go to the show notes. <laughs> so next... Second, I didn't think there was going to be one, but I guess we do have to talk about this thing. They they did announce it. The Deck Nook. So I, I put this in the Deck Nook because it's kind of Deck it, Nook it's, adjacent. It's deck shaped. It's, mm-hmm. where this is the handheld corner. That's what we call the Deck Nook. Oh, right. So, yeah. I, I, okay. I will preface this by saying clearly this is not for us. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's for somebody. I don't so know who it's for. I, that's what we're going to suss out. So Wait. the PlayStation Portal? Yes, the Portal. The Portal. Yeah. So this is the handheld PlayStation thing. Right. So walk me through what this is. So basically... Uh, they stapled this, two halves of a DualShock <laughs> 5 onto a tablet. I honestly, before we get into it, I honestly thought the initial the, the reveal, like, uh, months ago, yeah. when this thing came, I honestly thought it was a joke. Like, yeah, I it kind of looks like I, a joke. It looked like somebody just cut a fucking DualSense controller in I half. I thought this was, like, one of those uh, product reveals where it's, like, the banana controller for the PS3, yeah. where it's, this is, like, this is what we're thinking of. And everyone's like, Why? Why are you thinking of that? That's and then not what like, we were going to do. Oh, wait, we were kidding. Here's the DualShock 3. It's just DualShock 2, yeah, but it's yeah. the 3. We, we weren't going to redesign the entire controller. That would be insane. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> no, the portal, it seems like the idea is you're in the middle of playing God of War Ragnarok. The wife comes in and says, it's time for uh, me to watch... Uh, the new Sex in the City show, and you go okay, and so you grab really, your portal. Really gender stereotypical. Yeah, thing. exactly. Okay. I'm going to gotcha. the dumbest idea possible. This is marketing we're talking about. So the so you go okay, and you grab your portal, and you pick up your game, and you go to your go to be, the bedroom or the toilet or whatever, and play <laughs> in the comfort the of toilet. a big comfy chair. If you have shelled out for a PS5 and a TV for your PS5. Why do you not have another TV in the house right. for the Sex in the City? Now, I, I don't yeah. see no, a use case. It. So 
in so the, what's really insane is as I'm, we're going to get into is so and and just and again based on what they're also saying is is like not just at home so you can be somewhere else right. so he, if you're as long as you're somewhere with strong Wi-Fi as they've said mm-hmm. and your your system at home is also on strong Wi-Fi mm-hmm. you can do remote play to your PS5 okay so you can continue playing what you were playing on your PS5 natively and it's streaming directly to the portal, to the portal. which again has a full dual sense controller with feedback right. and, and all that all the just like you could to your phone last year and to a tablet and to the steam deck and to well again it, now now the other thing they're offering and I'm I'm not defending this yeah. I'm simply saying you got to cover the, all the, the angles the, the, the important thing they're pushing is this this weird lag free experience how do they promise that I don't know they it, can barely run an app store to let you download games yeah somehow they're they're suggesting that in a remote environment you can play this without lag and that seems literally insane to me. And but but the beautiful thing about part of that experience is that uh, you can't use Bluetooth with this system because because, of, because lag. it's it's one hundred percent a lag issue. Yeah, yeah. To defeat that, you can purchase their new oh, headphones, right. the new the new yes, buds. Yes, I can't yes. remember what they're called. Which cost more exactly the same as the oh, portal I itself? It was it, no, more. they're also two hundred dollars US, I believe. Maybe that's changed, right. but yeah, they are the same price as the unit itself to simply give you an earbud experience with your portal. Or you can, I think you can also plug in a I headset. Like, can you I plug think in? there's a jack, so there must. So be. that way, that because that wouldn't be any lag. So yeah. Anyway, it it is not fixing if. anything. It let you leverage cloud play from PS Plus. Mm-hmm. That would be something. Absolutely. This and is literally nothing. The fact that they took that off the table for this device is utterly that, baffling. Yeah, no, I'm I'm 100 with you. I um, as somebody who actually owns a PS5, yes. Um, and, and though I haven't literally have not, I don't even know if it's plugged in at this point. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't turned it on in so long. Um, but like I have remote played to, so I have a PS4 mm-hmm. pro still Yeah, it's sitting in the bedroom. That's what's on the bedroom TV. And if I do want to play something on the PS5, <laughs> I do remote play from the PS5 to the PS4 pro. And it's really good. Yeah. It's surprisingly good. Um, it, I, most of the time, if you hadn't told me it wasn't native, yeah. I wouldn't know. Interesting. Like, that's, that's, I've never tried it. it. I've never tried it. It's surprisingly play. good. So, so that that was the thing that made me okay. Maybe there is a use case for this. But ex- exactly what you said, the fact that like when you take the PS Plus streaming thing mm-hmm. off of the table, mm-hmm. suddenly the fact that you can only now okay. So if you're streaming from your PS Five to your portal, if your PS Five has access to the remote play. I don't the, think that works. I think it has to be a game installed on your PS5. I think you're right. I th- I'm not 100% sure on that. And it's something to do, I think, with their desperate attempt to maintain that lag issue. So if you streamed on your PS5 to your to your portal, I don't know if that would be That's acceptable. Really I feel like you weird. mean. <clears throat> like the, the, the whiskey went the wrong way. <laughs> you are I, red. I'm dying. Keep talking, Andrew. You're good. So... They had, they felt the need to spell out the fact that you won't be able to play PSVR 2 games on this thing. Oh, really? They said on the page, you cannot play PSVR 2 games on the portal. Here's what's unusual about that. 
now that I didn't even realize that, but I can tell you right now, the the thing that's weird about that is on something like the Oculus Go or mm-hmm. whatever that the new Oculus thing is. Oh, you're the, thinking about a second screen for people like outside? No, 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 no not even that. The, oh. the whatever. The, what is the new Oculus thing? It's the Oculus Rift. Zuck whatever, edition. Yeah, whatever the new Facebook thing. Not when the quest. you the Quest. Thank you. That's it. The Quest Two. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of. Um, when you you can you can pair that to a PC. And you are like now you do have to use a cable, but you are literally streaming it. You yeah. are literally streaming video from your PC to your headset. Yeah, headset is a like, monitor. This with the, is the motion tracking. Obviously, this is VR streaming. VR is doable. Yeah. It is a thing that can be done. But but like I. I think they wanted to temper people's expectations of yeah. taking their entire PSVR 2 with them and the portal <laughs> and then plugging it in and uh, I have station. to imagine yeah. the core was the price they needed to keep it at a very low price point like and two hundred dollars but again I mean, who is this for it's it, if it ran native like if it ran android and you could play native apps on it that is that sump thing yes that i don't is, that is the other side of this that i keep thinking of yeah. is like so what what os is this running is is this an android device is that what it is? no one it's, it's literally just a screen it's basically a second screen for your ps5 mm-hmm. i don't even know if it is an it, OS. it, so it's it sounds something, like obviously. if you do not have wi-fi this thing is inert yeah right it, it, it has to talk to your wi-fi and pull us pull the, the screen from your ps5 it's treating your ps5 as yeah. as the cpu it, it just and that's all it's designed to do is just take that signal if you could run something natively on it if it, even the logitech i can never remember the name of it <laughs> The Logitech device, the G Cloud or whatever it's called, you can – it has Android on it. You can install games. You can install emulators to it. It just has a weak CPU. It just doesn't – it isn't super strong. You can't run high-end emulators. Um, But it can stream 1080p from a PS5 with the Android PS5 app. Chiaki. A big part – I I think it's also – I don't. I don't know if it's related to the to the Google uh, Stadia, but Stadia's major element was that the controller was effectively its own Wi-Fi connection. Yeah. Right. So obviously, the controller for the portal is its own Wi-Fi. It's connecting to your uh, to your PS5 via this this yeah. this proprietary internet connection that's lag free, and that's that's the driving technology. And they're so proud of that. And I get that, but there is absolutely no justification for not having cloud gaming. I think once it's out for this. release units, they're going to get dragged. I don't think they're going to make very many. Free. I think honestly, they're at the point now where they're starting to make the product. And since now that everybody said no, thank you, unless you put cloud streaming on it, either they're going to put cloud streaming on it, or they're just going to tank it and just yeah, make it's it just, a. It's a, very confusing. It, it, it seems like a, a whole bunch of very Sony decisions have been they, made here. They right? did a like, ton of industrial design to split a ps4 or 5 controller and make it look yeah. okay on yeah. a thing like it yeah. they they didn't just say staple these controllers to a tablet like it actually looks cohesive even the way you use the the touchpad on the on the ps5 controller on the dual sense is it's a one cohesive unit but i guess on the touch screen it's actually split on the thumbs so it's mm. like le- the left half of that touchpad and the right half of the touchpad so if you had to swipe across the entire pad if the game design was designed to do that i don't know if it could do that or if it has to minimize it and each pad is like a miniature version of the pad i don't know anyway none of this seems like it's worth the 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 thought if if they they've taken out such a huge part of its of, of its usability and i i really wonder how restrictive it's going to be about this this good Wi-Fi connectivity, like right. it's 
it feels like they want to say if you're not 6e fuck off yeah like even if you're on wi-fi 5 it's not gonna work like it's gotta be or eight was it ac thing it's wi-fi 6 is ac right yeah like, you know, i think, I think five system. uh six and 6e are all considered ac it's just oh. different beam forming okay even so and i i understand that they're saying you got to have a good connection yeah. you can't just be at the library and using oh, no, their, course, their, their wi-fi so you but know. it sounds like you're basically stuck in your house Right. Like if if you go out to the airport, you're probably not going to be getting a connection that will let you play this. And if you have a disc in your machine, that's the game you're going to play. Aside from anything you've got that's digital. Yeah. So I mean, I'm assuming it's largely designed to be in a, on a digital PS5 anyway. So then that's fine. So I, I just you yeah, know, it's, it's just, just baffling. It sounds like the whole thing from the ground up has been designed for like if you only if you only have a PlayStation and you only ever play PlayStation and PlayStation is your entire life. Yeah. And you have one TV and <laughs> and someone else needs to use it for some. I reason. think a lot of people have one system they don't have multiple yeah. games oh no absolutely and, sure and ps5 yeah. i think a lot of people that's all they have and and so there is if you if you actually like do the number breakdown there's probably a case for them making x number of units and yeah. they move and right so like i think uh from a marketing numbers perspective there is a case for this it's just that us as a from a receiving end and on the consumer end don't see a case for this just for the lulls i cannot wait for um the um oh god what's the name of the youtube channel that does all the 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 pedant um uh, reviews digital extreme digital foundry? digital foundry i can't wait for them to get their hands on it do frame <laughs> pacing on it i yeah you know, no they're they're gonna definitely have some very it'll good be really the, uh, the funny part about this is gonna be the people who get their hands on it see that i, I mean it has to be running some kind of os yeah. there has to be some kind of process oh and if somebody there, like right? jailbreaks it but someone's it, gonna jailbreak it they'll someone's probably gonna... bargain basement the processor and have gone all in on the yeah. wi-fi chip maybe it's an xperia Oh God! Could you imagine? You know what it is? It's a Vita. What if this is? What that would be? That would be if they if it was a Vita. That would be. Some, what if a sell, this is point. what happened to Stadia? Yeah. What if this that, that is just Stadia? Yeah. So, anyway, anyway. I, I, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it more once they get once they actually release the things yeah. and we can see some reports from. If, if I hear it. it's it's at like a store somewhere, I will go and try it. Yeah. I'll have oh, and it's not an OLED. It's a it's an LCD yeah. screen. Okay, well, I well, mean, I'm assuming that was for for battery life more than sure, anything. Yeah, that's the other thing. They didn't really talk about what the battery life on it is. It's got, it better be good. Yeah, it better be good. It's not doing anything. It better it's just be good. A Wi-Fi yeah. with a with an LCD screen. Yeah, wild. Uh, okay, I guess that'll do for the deck nook. Yep. that's it for that's the it deck. For well, deck, wait, deck there is actually something the. The, the Lenovo thing. Leaked. Oh, that's right. They leaked the uh, renders of the the Lenovo deck type thing. Yeah, which is interesting in that the controllers are almost like Joy Cons. They actually are separate. You can yes. you can take them off. There's another uh, a company in China, um, Player X One or something like that, that has another one of the. It's a gigantic tablet. It's literally like this thick, Good but you thing. can take these controllers off of it. Yeah. But they are shaped like rhombuses. Like mm-hmm. the, no human hand would want to hold them. So people try to get into the the this, the the removable joystick thing. But I think Lenovo is about the only player that could probably pull it they, off. Yeah, I was it actually say. does look kind of interesting. And the reason that I'm that I'm kind of going, huh, with this one mm-hmm. is that um, one of my complaints, having used both the deck and the ROG Ally, yeah. is that. 
the, the deck, and this is, again, a testament to how well thought out the deck is uh, in terms of ergonomics, because the deck just feels good, yeah. right? Like, it's, it's, got, it's big and chunky, you can get your arms around it, you can hold on to it, it feels good to play. Yeah. And the, the ally never quite got there. It was yeah. always a little too shallow, there was no grips, it kind of felt more like using a tablet than it did using a controller. Yeah. It has to feel like a controller. And <clears throat> because these grips are, or these uh, controllers are, are removable, and you, it means you have to get your hands around them, so they look big and chunky. Yeah, right. They might and be. That kind of makes me go, oh, okay. This will probably feel. It still, it good. still feels like there's going to be a wiggle point where they connect to the. Oh, to the, that, that, well, I mean, like that you know, is a problem with the switch. Even is yeah. that the, the 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 join is inherently a place where the thing wants to flex. Yeah. Uh, the other problem is Lenovo is a big name, and they can throw money at it, but they've also got a long history of pre-rooting their devices and sending them off to people. Yeah. So mm, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So that anyway, more interesting things happening in the handheld space. It's a hot space right now. Everyone's really throwing their ring. And I guess that's the, if you want to put a positive spin on it, the fact that the, that the PlayStation portal exists at all is yeah. an indication that this is a healthy space. Sony, Sony is, is taking this somewhat yeah. seriously. And also I, I did notice today, I don't think it's a new thing, but when, when they talk about game performance now, they say, here's how it runs on Xbox, here's how it runs on PlayStation, here's how it runs on PC, and here's how it runs on Steam Deck. Yeah. yeah it's, like, it's, it's officially... It is, it's, it is in the pantheon. It's 100% uh, part of the it's conversation. It's a metric. Like, Starfield, they, they're saying now, we'll run at 30 at medium on the Steam Deck. Really? That's, That's yeah. amazing. So there wow. you go. That's a huge deal. The, the that fact is, that, that it really is. Like Andrew said, uh, I don't know, podcasts and podcasts ago, it's a target. And people yeah, are now yeah. starting to add it to the list Give of the things devs a hard target and that's and they the love ni- it and the nice thing is because steam deck being among the first of the, the of the really serious like mass market handhelds and and it being kind of the low bar anything past that means all you have to do is hit the steam deck target and everything else will be great well the other right? nice that's, thing is that you don't have to worry about a specific steam deck like there's not a yeah. low-end yeah. steam deck all the steam deck internals are the yeah, same one of the five tall but it won't run on the 64 blah, 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 blah. <laughs> which is which is great for developers because they only have to make it run fine on any of yeah. them and then it runs fine on all of them yeah we may be talking about that in the next section of the podcast however mm-hmm. Happy 30th birthday, Debian. 30 years. It is the second oldest actively developed Linux distribution. What's the oldest? Can you guess? No. Slackware? Slackware. 100%. Hey, Slackware got came it, out. Got it in one. Uh, earlier the same year that Debian was developed. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's this Peter Vulcan. Do you know what, you know what Slackware is named after? The Church of the Subgenius. Church of the Subgenius. Oh. The search for Slack. <laughs> well, he renamed it Slackware because he didn't want to take it seriously. He didn't want to make it his full-time <laughs> job. And wah, wah, it's his full-time <laughs> job. Peter Vulcmeyer. I'm, I'm murdering it. But uh, he started modding SLS Linux uh, for his college professor because the default install was so broken that you had to run a whole bunch of patches on top of it. So he literally started pre-patching it and run, making his own installer for it, which he then just spun out as his own distro as Slackware. I will say Richard Linklater's seminal indie film Slacker came out in 1990. Nice. So that 
predates it. So. Search of the Subgenius came out in the 80s. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. yeah that, if anything, sorry, that's, that's true. That's Bob true. Dobbs ain't got nothing on No, no. Um, right. Leak later was likely a, a, a member of the church. But um, so Debian came out mid to late. Uh, the, 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 the very first versions came out mid to late 1993. Um, they were only internally used. The first publicly available ones were either late 94 or 95 and that was like 0.9 and 1.0 was 96 and every single debian release has been named after a toy story character one of the um the the heads because they they change the head of the project every few years they keep fresh blood new people bringing in new ideas i'm literally going to ssh into a debian machine right now perfect um uh, the the one of the guys worked for pixar and named each release, started naming each release after. So the first public release was Buzz. Uh, there's been Etch, uh, Lenny, uh, Woody. Uh, the newest one is Bookworm. So they got all the, the, any any character. And the unstable testing version is called Sid, after the unstable kid. Sid. So that's smart. Yeah. Um, it's always Sid. It's always been Sid. Is there a um, way to look up what the name of your distro is? You can do uname-a, and it should tell you at least the version. Um, is it 11 or 12? Uh, 5.10.0. That's probably your Linux kernel. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, Debian, 5.1. No, it's 5.10. Uh, 0.19, 179-1. Uh, do uh, sudo apt install NeoFetch and then run NeoFetch and it'll give you all your stats. <laughs> We're live Linux. Um, but I, so Debian is... Sudo apt install. Sudo sorry. apt install NeoFetch. Neo. N-E-O-F-E-T-C-H. Okay. Uh, Debian is the distribution of choice that I run now. But I have gone through a shitload of distributions through my, uh, let's see, I think I first started running Linux in 97. So, and that was Slackware 3 from a CD in the back of a book a friend gave me in my first semester in college. And that's how you justify getting a high bandwidth connection with uh, Rogers, as for saying you're a Linux distributor. Um, so... I installed Slackware on my Pentium 166. Uh, I was lucky because my family got me a computer before I went into college. So I was going in for computer programming. And I wiped Windows, I think it was Windows 98 off of it at that point in time. And I put on, no, it would have been 95. It was 1997. Yeah. Uh, I put on Slackware. And I spent six months trying to get X, X Windows to run. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, like, drivers, I didn't have a reliable internet connection. So I had to go to one of the other computers in the house, download something onto a floppy disk, bring it to my computer, try to compile it, and then see if that would make X run. I had a gigantic 700-page manual open on my lap going through various start. It, it gives you a, a, the logo and everything. <laughs> NeoFetch is great. Uh, does it tell you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, OS, Debian slash GNU slash Linux 11 bullseye. Yeah, so you're running the previous version. If you do a sudo apt uh, dist dash upgrade, it will uh, pull down oh, 12. Oh, fuck no. I'm not touching <laughs> that. <laughs> um, Are you kidding me? 11 will be supported for another two, uh, another one release. So Everything I have is running right now. I'm not touching this, particularly live on the podcast. No. Um, but dist upgrade will get you to the 12 <laughs> version. Do that on the next live stream. 
Um, That's the best of Patreon. Frankie here. plays uh, <laughs> Debian upgrade. But Slackware, uh, I eventually got X running and I ran it for maybe a year and a half. Um, I've run Corel Linux, which only existed for a year. Corel? Corel Linux? ran a, they actually, it was actually a Debian fork that they, they did wow. for about a year. Uh, then Corel started bundling their software with the uh, Mandrake Linux. So I ran Mandrake for a while, uh, which became Mandriva. Um, I've run Gentoo for my sins. Gentoo is a nightmare distribution that everyone should run once. Because everything gets compiled from source for your computer. So you want to update uh, Star Office? Welcome to four days of compiling something. <laughs> Why would I do, ever do that? Why? Uh, it's it's where you get to really know your Linux distribution. But when something goes Fair. bad and core utils uh, disappears, which are things like CD and LS, <laughs> um, you, you end up in a CD. bad way. Somebody, I, I was able to, on another computer, go on the forums and ask someone who had the same architecture is me to zip up their core utils send it to me and then i extracted them onto my system thus resurrecting it it was literally it was a a reinstall point i love i love the weird fucking deep neural problems that linux people have i hear i really love i hair shirted linux as a desktop from the mid 90s on and off through to the early 2000s. My uptime is nine days, nine hours, 39 minutes. Nice. Um, <laughs> but you should know that. <laughs> I've finally settled on Debian. I ran Ubuntu for a little while, but Mark Shuttleworth is too oily, and he keeps fucking with the upstream. I don't disagree. Um, and I never really like how they make decisions. Like they're like Wayland was an ex compositor that was getting really big. And they're like, we're not going to use that. We're going to make our own called mirror. And then six months later, we don't like mirror. We're going to make mirror a compositor for Wayland. And they, they just make these capricious decisions that don't further the project. So I just went to the upstream and started running Debian and I've always been happy. It's run great. And I've, I've really, um, if you've got, a computer that's probably maybe a little older, it's not running Windows well anymore, throw a, a live distribution of uh, Linux on it. You'll probably get a lot more length out of it, and it's a great browsing experience for the internet and whatnot. So that's what I'm currently running as my home server. Is on the Mac Mini. On the Mac Mini. So I can even give you the rundown here. OS, Debian, slash GNU Linux, slash 11, uh, Bullseye, host, Mac Mini, 8, comma one one point zero kernel nobody needs to hear all this crap you need to say the kernel uh, the kernel uh, five point one zero point zero dash two three dash amd what's your ip address uh yeah well that's local so it won't matter yeah, yeah no, don't worry about that um i can tell you that it's a coffee lake uh gpu i could not have told you that bullseye was woody's horse yes I could not have told you that. Really? <laughs> no way. There, we've all learned something now. Because like um, you said Bullseye. I'm like, that's not a Toy Story character. Holy shit, it's a Toy Story <laughs> horse. I never would have got that. But um, yeah, no. So this was the first uh, Linux distro that I used. So, okay. Way back in the midst of ancient time, literally, I may have tried to install the very first thing, uh, the very first publicly available distro of, I guess it was Debian. I don't even know. It came on a, I bought a book. Yep. And, uh, on so the, it could have been Slack, it could have been Debian, it could have been Red Hat, it yeah. could have like there's a bunch. I, I think I actually read ran Red Hat for a hot minute one point in time. 
I actually think it may have been Red Hat. Red Hat was everywhere because they were really pushing it. So I tried. So this was at at a point where the idea, just the very concept of, first of all, I didn't really understand OSs until I hit windows mm-hmm. right i didn't really understand that oh yeah there's a difference between dos and windows and by the time i hit windows it was really and in a way kind of still is just a shell on top of dos right i mean it, windows 95 was definitely now dos runs as an executable underneath yeah, windows it, it's kind of flipped yes. right but it's still they're they're intertwined yes right um so the idea that you can use an os that is something that isn't this. Yep. And this is an entirely different model of how computing works. That was fascinating to me. So, of, of course, I like grabbed this thing and tried to install on my 486 this distro of Linux and got – I got as far as installing it and yep. then I couldn't get – X Much further, yeah. The <clears throat> X is always the bridge too far yeah. early on. X386 was a kind of a harsh mistress in terms of getting it running because yeah. binary blobs didn't really exist. And if you didn't have one of the eight cards that the various Linux people had dissected, I'm and, sure and in retrospect in the... it was just that it wouldn't it wouldn't recognize my GPU. So yeah, the ATI range was a really safe bet because they were generally the same they just kind of changed the amount of memory on the card so yep. you could get those working fairly easily but we should sometime i should get into all the various windows shell replacements i've run <laughs> i have i if i could do something to make a computer worse or run in a completely <laughs> different way i've done it it's uh i'm not a good computer owner so so we, we skipped to now where i've i've now got reinterested in open source stuff mm-hmm. and in like you know in in linux um so i was of course i went to the first place like, so there was a little sort of interstitial period where i got interested in ubuntu because when ubuntu started it was really cool and interesting and like okay so even the name ubuntu means like this is something for the people this is something for everybody and and the concept and the philosophy behind it was really kind of cool so i was i was really into that i ordered the first ubuntu cd when they uh they put out the free order form yeah So, so skip to now, Mm -hmm. I guess. And like, you know, Ubuntu has become this weird juggernaut thing that is kind of in its own way and stepping on its own feet a lot. Um, And when I, when I went to go, okay, I want a home server that, that does a whole bunch of different things among them, like, you know, my Plex server is on it, the Neverwinter server is on it. I got, I got my file server is on it. There's a whole bunch of things that are on it. Um, My main backup system is on it, for Mm -hmm. example. Um, I was like, well, what do I, I've got this spare Mac mini. What do I do with it? Well, and, and Jamie had said, well, try Debian, yeah. right? Because now the thing about Debian is like, when you install Debian, it's bare ass bones. It can there's, be, yeah. There's, and that's what I did. Yeah. That was almost a challenge to me to go, I don't, I don't need, it's going to run headless. Yep. For those of you who, who don't frequent the Discord, you may not know that headless means there's no monitor or keyboard or mouse attached. That's it's right. just the box. Just the box, a network cable, and a power cable. Yeah. Um, so this is going to run headless. I'm going to always remote into it if I need to do anything. So yep. I don't need a desktop. I don't need a Windows environment. I just need the OS. 
I just needed to run processes. Yeah. So I'm going to go as bare bones as I possibly can. So mm-hmm. I just installed. SSH and that's it. SSH and that is it. So I installed bare ass bones Debian yep. on my on my machine. It was a learning curve. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. Like I had to, I like sudo was not installed nope. by you, default. You've got to bring that on and then you've got to uh, learn how to uh, edit the sudoers file. Yeah. So I, it, it taught me a bunch of yep. things, but the point is it taught me a bunch of things. Like I now know more than I knew before because I installed bare ass bones uh, Debian on this machine. Dear listener, if you want to do yourself a huge favor in terms of technical skill set, is get yourself a computer or a VM or something and install command prompt Linux on it of whatever flavor. <laughs> yeah. You will learn a ton, and it will be transferable to almost any other uh, Linux distribution with a little bit of uh, work because, you know, System D is different than uh, than uh, yeah. Startup, and then there's a bunch of different things, but you will just things like how to type how to type it how to ssh into something yep how to type it a terminal and navigate through a directory structure things like that how to install things via different package managers it's uh there's there's a lot of stuff you'll learn relatively quickly just by giving yourself a terminal um so my my current machine the newest one the little tiny um, uh, oh, box. Your, I just knuck? my NUC that I set up is uh, running uh, Debian uh, GNU Linux 12 Bookworm. Um, I'm running kernel 6.1.0 because they added six uh, the six branch in 12. Are you not? Uh, you you've got me enthused. I'm going to do it. Um, I, the CPU is an 11th gen Intel i5, and it's running a Tiger Lake LP GT2 Iris graphics. 16 gig of RAM in this thing. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Pseudo apt what? Pseudo apt space uh, dist dash um, update. I'm doing it. <laughs> We're getting live. We're getting live Linux updating. Distribution updating. Hack that Gibson. Oh, dear. Wait. Dist dash update command not Upgrade. Found. Sorry. Upgrade. Dist dash upgrade. Up. Great. Here we go. It'll give you a list of stuff. Up. Oh, I should probably spell it right. I mean, it's recommended, but it's not fairly required. flexible. I'm like I know what you meant. I'm gonna go ahead and wipe your entire system. Command not found. This dash upgraded. I could have sworn that was the. Welcome to Linux, everybody. Yep. No, I, I haven't had to do it in a minute. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Never mind. We're gonna, we'll, we'll move on because apparently Andrew has retro issues. Uh, just a silly thing. So I, um, because I'm, I have a problem. I'm going to leave it up to you to add in what this is in the show notes. Okay. So I had mentioned in the podcast previously that I had pre pre ordered the Retroid uh, 2S, the new their new version of the handheld because I wanted something with a, a nice little screen. Uh, four by three because mm-hmm. I want to. I'm, I'm mostly focused on playing older stuff anyway. Sure. One of these things, emulation. Yes, exactly. And uh, so it was. I thought I had pre-ordered it with the with the first one, but I guess I hadn't. So this week, the review first reviews have come out for the two S, and despite it's a solid piece of kit, but it's not uh, a huge upgrade in any way. I mean, I bought the nice Miu Mini, which is a vertical layout, like a Game Boy style. Um, and I kind of prefer the horizontal layout, 
with the controllers. And in in the in the review Retro Game Core did, shout out Retro Game Core, uh, he he compared it to the uh, Ambernic uh, 405M, which is uh, it was out at least a year ago, um, and said that it was uh, the better option. Um, it, it was, but it was more expensive. I'm like, yeah, I remember that one because I I had con- I had considered it because it's a, um, the 405M is a better, better piece of kit. It's um, it's got a metal case, but it was more expensive. Was the comparison? I'm like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sweat over another couple of bucks. So it turned out that I had already bought the, um, they they had already charged my card for the 2S. Um, despite the fact that it hadn't shipped yet, because you know pre-order. So I, and uh, meanwhile the 405M, which he compared it more favorably to, uh, was actually on sale from Ambernick. So I, I contacted Metroid and they they cheerfully refunded my purchase because they're going to move all of these anyway. So uh, they refunded my my 2S purchase and I bought the 405M instead. So that's currently en route from China. So I'll have. A fresh piece of well, it's not new hardware by any means, but it's still new to you. Yeah, new to me. So it's got a four-inch uh, uh, screen, which is you know I like, and I, I want a nice, nice, good size screen for these for this thing. So I'm very excited. Jamie's got the older iteration of this. Yes, the unit. three five three M. Yeah. So this is not a massive upgrade by any stretch, but um, you know, is this one Android only, or does it do uh, Linux as well? That one's Linux, I believe. The four, okay. the four hundred five, four hundred five. Whereas, whereas the two S is Android. Yep, for sure. Mine so I, oh, I think I think this ships Android, but it's you can flash it to Linux, okay. which is something that's I'm going to do for sure. Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, anyway, so I just Linux on your handheld. I'm glad I didn't get the 2S. If only somebody had thought of that already. I wasn't going to be angry if I got the 2S at this point. Because, again, it wasn't a negative review. It was simply, it's a, if anything, he said it's the best best uh, handheld in that uh, range. In his class. Right. But it's right. it's the, the price jump between the two, between this, the levels. Because, there, again, there are so many of these devices out there right now. And the fact that the, the comparative unit was... Uh, on sale for like thirty dollars off total. I think it was like it was already twenty bucks off, and there was another ten because of a, a sale that was going on. So, I paid one fifty something can, uh, U.S. versus the one thirty nine that I had paid for the for the because there were two versions of the of the two S as well. There was a three gig and a four gig memory version. So I I opted for the four gig, which was already twenty dollars more than the hundred dollar price point. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and the other kicker is, of course, that there's they're charging for shipping now, whereas it used to all be free shipping from China. And because they've closed the loopholes for a lot of the free shipping from China, they're charging for shipping, which is fine. So yeah, so that's coming. I just th- thought I'd mention how you know you you I got caught up. On, it wasn't even hype. It was just here's a device that's coming. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. I must have it. It looks great. I'm gonna have that because it's 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 got the analog sticks on it. And again, the reviews were, were the review was very positive. Yeah, it was just not the be all end all. In order to keep up with Andrew, I was looking at the Ain Odin two. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm, signed mm-hmm. up for the uh, the mailing list on uh, potential prices. And it turns out that the top end Ain Odin two costs as much as the mid level Steam Deck Ooh. for an Android Snapdragon based uh, emulator. It's a phone. 
it, it will not run things as good as a Steam Deck. Let me put it out there. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure who they're aiming for at the yeah. price they want to charge, but it's not me. They have fanboys now. This is the thing. They, they, they do. They, they, but I can't imagine I that it pays the bills. I don't think they're going to the development on the price at that level. It was as, $670 as dollars yeah. US. Pre, yeah, pre-order. Pre-order. And, that's, and it I, would go up to 690 after the pre-order. And that's, again... As we've said before, they are notorious for how long they take for for build time. They're yeah. estimating 2024, but yeah. it's probably going to be end of 2024, early 2025. Yeah. So you're and they'll take your money right now oh, for that because you're you're, you're pre buying it. It's not yeah. a pre order. Yeah, because they they need the money to make the device. So you're sitting there waiting patiently, rubbing your hands with glee that you're going to have this amazing piece this, of hardware. Six hundred and fifty dollars I spent like, is going to be so. One good. year from now. They're probably going to announce Steam Deck Two by then, yeah. and then you're going to be uh, kicking yourself in the balls. So it's it's the the point is for all of these these handheld this whole world of the retro handheld stuff plus even the what are we calling these handheld uh, handheld PCs now? PCs yeah I think that's kind of the yeah. yeah Steam Decks so you just have to appreciate that like most Deck-like. technology yeah the 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 point is be aware. That there's always going to be something on the horizon, you know. It's a matter of finding, especially with Retroid. Yeah. Oh God! All like all of the retro consoles, like the the, the they're coming out of China. They they have quick iteration with these things. They can pump out a lot of some, it quickly. Some of them have quick iteration. Yeah. Other were like um, Ain yeah. and um, uh, what's the other one? The the one that does all the handheld PCs. GPS or something? No. GPD. GPD does a lot, yeah. but uh, it takes a long time. But there's another one um, that um, Retro Game Core reviews a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do the, the the nerd and the geek and uh, oh, Ioneo. Ioneo. I, I, okay, I thought it sounded like Ioneo uh, will put yeah. out the idea, and then two years later they'll say we're jacking the price three hundred dollars, yeah. and it's going to be another year. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it, it, some of them, some of them iterate fast, and some of them iterate theoretically fast but deliver very slow I, so. again i will say that the miu mini is still available for like 50 bucks and it's a ludicrous piece of kit if you want a nice little emulation device yeah. without analog sticks that'll run everything up to basically ps1 it's just, cheerfully it's too small for my and hands i still don't understand how they can ship it with software and not be immediately murdered by nintendo but probably still too it. small it's and it's again. I will remind you that if you do order it, uh, don't bother getting a big memory card for it because they their are memory cards little suck. garbage. Yeah, so it will die. It will not live for very long. <laughs> and you can or or take it and just immediately buy a better card from Sandisk or whatever and copy it over. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. So just do your research. Follow Retro Game Core on YouTube. Absolutely, and, and just you know, and do your research before. Don't fall for the pre-order because, and again, there is a time issue because if you do pre-order and you do get it in the window, you are going to get it faster. But with mo- as with most technology, the early adopters often get screwed. There mm-hmm. are often still build I don't issues. Know what you're talking about. You don't know what we're talking. <laughs> We've never discussed this before, but there there are often problems with the early hardware. It doesn't sound like that's the issue with the two S at this point because it was an iterative improvement. So yeah. they weren't changing the game, but the the new their new uh, hall stick analog sticks are really nice. But you know that's the kind of thing. Just to, just understand that you're you are taking some risk, but yeah. there's and, and if you if you can wait as most of you can, uh, then you you're gonna have a better experience. Like the 405M that I'm gonna get is probably gonna be rock solid. Yeah, I'm expecting it to be no issues, 
out of the box going to work great. I'm going to throw the Android on it or Linux on it, and it's going to run flawlessly is what I'm expecting because it's almost a year old. Anyway, so what's this next item? I don't know. AMD's FSR three. So I threw I threw that on there as well because this I'm, came I, out. I'm super curious about this. This actually. came out at a games uh, Gamescom today, I believe. Is AMD finally launched? So alongside the, their their announcement about this is the Fidelity Super Resolution three. So they 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 announced this alongside their new hardware, the 7700 and the 7800. Um, but the the big difference with AMD's solution is that they're they're suggesting that it's not hardware related. Like you can run FSR three on NVIDIA or AMD hardware. Really? Yes. And it but so it's up to the devs, and the devs are are interested at this point. So um, the, your your close personal friends at Digital Foundry mm. uh, are they have taken a cursory look at it based on what's there. They are there at Gamescom. And they are quite impressed with what they're seeing. They're 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 taking AMD at their word, but the, but they have laid eyes on it, and they they are impressed with what they're seeing. And so they've got, you know, anti lag, and um, so it's three is is the new one, and I guess they're they're expecting we it to come out. Probably explain shortly. what it is in the first place. So basically, what you're going to get is free f- upgrades to your frame rate. That's what it really comes right. down to. They use. Uh, well, I mean, it's AI on, on most levels. They're yeah. using interpolation to improve the graphics without without the actual we rendering, rendering about them. How there is a good use for AI? Here's one. Exactly. This it's, is what it's it what lets certain games run on the deck because it's rendering at a lower resolution than upgrading the visuals via yeah. FSR. So, so what's funny is so alongside this FSR announcement, they also kind of they I don't they didn't even really put a name on it. Um, so one of the things I, I, I think I talked about this when I bought my new television, uh, motion smoothing, motion smoothing is something that's a nightmare on television. Yes. The, 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 uh, soap opera mode. Exactly. Where, yeah. where what's happening when you have motion smoothing on your television is that your TV is interpolating frames. It's adding frames where there are none. So it's taking a 30 frame TV show and turning it into a 60 frame TV show, which gives it an artificial smoothness or your movies. Like it, it makes the matrix look funky. It's almost uh, unwatchable. It's distressing. I, I hate it obviously because movies are shot at generally are shot at 24 frames per second. And what motion smoothing does is it makes it look like it was shot at 60 frames per second. So it, to me, it's unwatchable people. Some people really like it, but it's, it's, it's creating elements that aren't there. They're doing that intentionally now for games to, to improve this, the frame rate. And, but the way they're doing it is much, 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 much better than what the television's so what it, doing it. In, in, in layman's terms, it means that your your pro, your your graphics processor renders can, less frames. Can only support, let's say, thirty frames per second, right. or even twenty five. But it's going to output at a higher frame rate, and then the AI process as fills were, in is going to fill in the frames that it can't generate. So the bottom line is. Instead of buying a $1,200 video card, you can buy a $400 video card and get the same performance as the $1,200 card because they're using – they're cheating in a way that you're not going to notice. I wonder if this can be backported to the deck and things like that. Yes. That is definitely on the table. But, uh, you know, the deck is, uh, you know, you could have stuff running at 60 at least, but yeah. they don't, they didn't, I'm sure the deck is definitely in the conversation. So up until now, and this is really cool because like, mm-hmm. it's, this is worth getting into is that 
like up until now, in order to generate frames, in order to generate frames of video, in order to render a 3D scene, for example, mm-hmm. we have a lot of work to do on the processor right. side. And what that does is it adds latency, which mm. I was just reminded in this article. Yep. And that's the big difference is that what you're, what you're seeing on your television your TV is actually taking a second in some cases to develop this, or it has to do it so that it doesn't affect the audio sync, Yeah, but it, it doesn't in a fashion that you don't notice. And uh, with gaming, latency is everything. You need to be able to, to react what's happening yeah. on screen quickly. And so what the new heart, what the new software I should say is doing is it's doing that in a fashion that doesn't affect latency. It doesn't add a latency. So you, yeah. your gameplay is unaffected. If anything, it's better. Uh, but it's because it's able it's easier for the system to interpolate frames in in you know because there's there's no cutting that's the difference like television you're cutting scenes like you're, you're editing in a video game you're just you just have your it's your first person or over the shoulder or whatever so it can it can easily continue to to uh to make that up so uh what what they have announced is is very interesting and um you know they they're they're promising huge frame rate increases with it if it, it comes to fruition that's fantastic yeah and and they've already got a lot of um, major devs on board with the new with the new fsr3 let alone i'm happy that. to see so. anything that takes any wind out of nvidia's sales by right this point. Mm-hmm. yeah no absolutely and that's that's a big target because nvidia's dlss has has also improved massively but, it, but it's you need hard, hard to bend. you have to upgrade yeah. your card like the 1080 can't run the dlss three or four or whatever they're three, at three uh it can only run the one that it was developed with yeah so so it, it, it's a and it I can potentially say, like, very exciting this stuff matters yeah. like this it really like i'll even though i've got like 3090 mm-hmm. i'm always turning dlss on so i can get above 30 frames per second yeah and that's kind of the point it's like this this is a really good use case for for generative AI in that it's it's taking existing data, extrapolating that data, and presenting an output based yep. on that data. Well, this is a really un unmalevolent yes. use of that, right? Like it's it's, it's a really good way AM, of using this. AMD fluid motion frames is what they're calling it. It is a driver level frame generation option for all DirectX 11 and DirectX 12 titles. So it also is theoretically completely backwards compatible. That's very interesting. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting to see once they once they release this to see. It's how, a very smart there. like approach absolutely. To take. Well, that's that's really interesting. Cool. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, and again, that was largely just announced today. So, all right, um, okay, I think that will do it for Gizmo Town. So we're gonna take another break, and we will be back with pixels and tokens. Video games, board games, video games, tabletop role-playing games, video games. And now for Pixels and Tokens, where we talk about all kinds of gaming, but mostly video games. Welcome to Pixels and Tokens, where we're going to talk about gaming. Is it, is it 
Martinet or Martinet? I think it's Martinet. So I probably should have asked this before we started. Well, he's American, so. Charles Martinet is being taken up to the voice actor farm in upstate New York. <laughs> so, the Sad voice times. of Mario. I think it's because they want to solidify on a single voice actor across movies and video games for the youngins. Uh, no. And I think it's going to be Crisp Rat. I don't think Chris Pratt's doing Wonder I think Charles is probably getting up there. I think that's more the issue. He's he's not a young man. How many takes of Let's A Go do you need? How much dialogue does Mario have in a fucking have. I will I will say, I will say that, um, so I, I, I had some time while I was hand sewing this week, mm-hmm. and I watched a bit of Jeff Gerstmann's uh, live stream. And so this was just after the news broke that, that Charles was retiring mm-hmm. or doing whatever whatever it is that they've got him doing. Uh, and he was saying, like, so it's not just the video games. And this is why the whole, like, he's still going to be a, an ambassador, yeah. quote unquote, for for Mario. They're, they're going to so, trot like, him out the Gamescom. So he's go, been, he's been doing conventions for a He was for talking a long about time. one particular convention he was at, probably an E3 or something, where they're like, they had, this is, this is when the Nintendo 64 launched. And they had him like behind this screen or something. And they had this like 3D Mario head on a big video wall. And like Mario would just talk to you. Mm-hmm. And it was like live. And he was doing it live. And it was he was doing that for like hours and hours and hours and like full whole conversations in Mario voice. And it's like, so yeah, he's done a lot more than just a few lines. Oh, absolutely. Of like, right. So but- that's, that's the kind of thing. And he was saying like he, he, nailed it like he absolutely maintained that voice through the entire thing he he knew what he was doing so either they've they paid him off and gotten a uh, ai voice <laughs> that was my speculation was they just trained uh, you know tra- chat gpt or they're going all in on chris brett no Definitely not Chris Pratt. So apparently, there's already a new, the new Mario voice and whatever new yeah. Mario thing Wonder. there is, is. Wonder is the new game, okay. and I believe it's coming this fall. Right, and that will have a new voice. People actor. are saying that it's a little off, but it's the still, game. The game looks nuts. No, the the Mario voice. Oh yeah, I mean it's always you know. But of course, could you imagine if they had if they if they had recast Kermit the Frog after Jim Henson died? I mean that would have been <laughs> insane. Oh, don't even get me started. Yeah. We can actually loop this in because this is part and parcel with the whole um, a Matt Vogel conversation mm-hmm. with Kermit, right? Yeah. So when Jim died, of course, the character gets passed on to another performer. In this case, it was uh, Steve Whitmire. Yes. And Steve Whitmire, when he did Kermit, he was basically just doing an impression of Jim, Jim Henson, Henson. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's the thing. Steve Whitmire, in a very, very cloudy situation, no longer is playing Kermit, and it gets handed on to Matt Vogel. Mm-hmm. Matt Vogel is the current performer of Kermit, and people lose their minds because he doesn't sound like Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. And my point has always been he's not even trying to sound like Jim Henson. He's not Jim Henson. He's not doing an impression. He's playing a character. You can't expect him to sound like Jim Henson yep. any more than you would expect 
Roger Moore to try and do an impression of Sean Connery because he's playing James Bond. Yeah. Like the same I would have reason. paid to watch that, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but that's the thing, right? So people have to understand that it's not just about the voice. It's about the character. And if you can nail the character, that's what matters. It's not about the voice or the character. It's about how much money Nintendo can milk out of this franchise. Wow. I mean, Mario didn't speak much in Odyssey, to my recollection, I don't remember there being dialogue. Like, I've played spoken minutes dialogue. of Odyssey, yeah. and I've only ever heard him make woohoos. That's it, and that's that's the point. I'm pretty sure that's in the, in the games. Mario doesn't talk. Much. He called Bowser gay in uh, Mario 64. It's a gay. No, it's a uh, okay gay Bowser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> humiliating. Absolutely. Um, just tore him right down. I don't think Bowser ever really recovered. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't see why. Like. It, it doesn't matter. Just make him silent again. Who cares? Maybe he's dying. I don't know. Mario? Or they, or they just want to... No, Charles. Oh, I, I was <laughs> about to say it could get interesting. I mean, the fact that they they made him part of the Mario movie, he voices Mario's dad in the film. Mm-hmm. So he, they could have had him do Mario, but they wanted the stunt casting with, with Chris Pratt. So they... Um, so I they, love but how they, you pronounce they, it, Crisp yeah. Pratt. So they um, they did bring in Charles to play Mario's dad as a as a nod and a and a thank you to to his history, and they they took some shit from the hardcore fans, but for the most part nobody cared because they just wanted to. Because see the average Mario person who saw shit. it was seven. Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> the point. It made a billion dollars because kids loved it, mm-hmm. and they went ape shit for it. I watched some of it. It was actually playing on the ship when I was on my cruise, <laughs> and and I watched about fifteen minutes of it. It's fine. But it's, you know, it's... That's what I've heard. Yeah. Basically, it's fine. It's like, it's it's just a whole thing for, for seven-year-olds to get excited. Like, they see, yeah. they, they do a whole Mario Kart bit, and the kids are freaking out because they recognize the mm-hmm. the, the bits from the, from the game. And that's great. Go nuts. It's not going to ruin my life. I'm not, I'm not invested in a... And a Mario Brothers movie, it's just fun. It's fine. It's if fun. only it could have been the original Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Jesus. John show that to a seven-year-old and, and uh, see Oh, I, you know what? I'm I'm going to uh, sit nieces and nephews down Bob in front of that thing. Bob Hoskins. Let me show you kids the real Mario Brothers. Dennis freaking Hopper. <laughs> <Jesus>. Bowser. <laughs> Unhinged. Ah. <laughs> um. <sighs> So, yeah, On that, that happy thought. That, that happened. Uh, Gamescom happened. So, someone I know actually worked on a game that won two awards at Gamescom. Wow. Cool. Uh, Real Soviet Bear works on uh, Payday 3, and Payday 3 won best PC game and most exciting I game or something like that. I didn't even know they gave out awards at yeah. See, this is it. So. Like, they, Gamescom is, is kind of E3 Europe. But it was also supposed to be about developers more than... Well, than, they do a lot of developer talks at Gamescom. Right. It's still, it's still very much about the it's devs. but way bigger than E3. They, well, they've, they've tried to get some of the, the, the chutzpah from, yeah, from yeah. E3, the hype. And they're, they're... I mean, Jeff fucking Knightley showed up. Knightley? Is that his name? Keeley. Keeley. Jeff Keeley. Keeley. Jeff Keeley hosted the goddamn show they told him that uh, Hideo Kojima was going to be there and he's yeah. like oh, oh what, what Hideo Kojima no, they, they produced speaking, the whole night speaking of streams I've watched this week so I watched the next lander talk over yep. of Gamescom and uh, Alex Navarro was, was conveying the story of like you know here's the thing about Gamescom we don't really think of it it's not really on our radar mm-hmm. in North America it's 
gigantic. Yeah. It's bigger than E3. It's bigger than E3. It's been bigger than E3 yeah. for years. It's massive. But they pulled like, announcements away from Gamescom. And, and I don't think Gamescom was ever supposed to be about announcing new titles. It yeah. was more showing well, gameplay. They, they just That's took it. E3 out to the uh, convention uh, farm in upstate. I'm going to really use this. <laughs> You're metaphor. really milking it. Um, the, so they, they have to announce stuff somewhere. Well, with the well, that's the thing with the death of E3 and you know, the rise of of Summer Games Fest. Of the Keelys. yeah, Games Keeley's Summer Games Fest and the, the Game Awards, the which is the summer and the winter. And now they've got this late summer Gamescom, and I'm I'm a little surprised that they were willing that they they stepped up and they they turned it into a whole production because. There weren't any megaton announcements no. for the show. There were some. There Payday were several. Three is getting a lot of, uh, but it was positive they, spin. If anything, I, I think what they're trying to present it as is we now have footage to show you of the game we announced last yeah. year or the year before, and as opposed to just of, pre-rendered bullshit trailers like E3 will. Get. It kind of makes sense because game development is a long process. Yeah. It's kind of good to get this kind of midpoint like right. check in on the things you remember that were yeah. announced, right? It's less about hype and more about here's the next stage. Like yeah. now we have game, we have date announcements for our titles. Payday you know? three won most entertaining game and best PC game at Gamescom, and most, most ice tea. entertaining yeah. game is an award. Yeah, yep. I don't know if that was picked by the uh, the, the and then the the, the team went the, out for uh, a meal. Yeah. Very nice. I don't, did the press do that or? Did the, the attendees who that's the thing i'm not sure again it's 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 fun they had fun with it i saw some other awards but you know payday three i'm i'm surprised because it felt like payday three was a year away september and it's coming out in september yeah it's ready to go so bingo bango and it's on game pass so you know they they ice t is going to be part of the game He's he's that, he's, was, a, that was. he's at least presenting that, a, one of the heists that uh live trailer they did was quite uh impressive mm-hmm um there there was an extended uh gameplay footage from space marine 2 from from warhammer 40k uh which looks fantastic and then today i saw that there's a new trailer for uh dark tide i don't remember if i put that as a separate show yes, note. i think i did but anyway yeah dark tide for xbox is official now dark tide did you have you looked into this at all dark tide because it's 40k instead of Warhammer. Like we we played a fair bit of Vermintide too. Yeah. Yes, we we skipped Vermintide. So this but is played basically a fair bit like they're 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 Left 4 Dead like, but in the 40k universe. Right, it's right? a four four player co op shooter, but in, exactly in that in that universe. Gotcha. And it's it's already it's been out on PC for for a couple of months, but I guess they had some serious feedback shall we say from from the uh, audience mm-hmm. they weren't happy with with it i don't think it's a fundamentally broken game but oh you people know, were, remember the were next angry guys playing this bit yeah, yeah. and they, i don't maybe they weren't happy with it either i don't know vinny's a it uh, looks cool a, a warhammer apologist they if were, he didn't like it then it's they gotta were, be they were kind of mediocre on like, eh, yeah and that's fine I, but again i know you're not you're not subscribing to game pass but it is a oh, game I pass now. oh you're back okay well because i got three months free with the rog oh, ally there you go that's so the gift keeps giving. <laughs> so it is Dark Tide is on Game Pass. It is coming out October fourth, I believe. Yep. So that that would be an excellent choice for a Frankie play. All right. So we should definitely throw that on the queue Absolutely. for that. So because again, we had a lot of fun with War, with Vermintide two. That yep. was yep. a blast. I don't expect quite the same humor for Dark Tide. I don't. I, but I don't think it's like 
dark tryhard uh, edge lord stuff. It's definitely I mean, going to have some of that. It's Warhammer. It is, but like, the 40k has always been a different vibe from from regular yeah. Warhammer. So, uh, you know, uh, the 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 fantasy one is uh, something Sigmar. Right, Age, Age, Age of Sigmar. Yeah, that's yeah. right, and then 40k is the space uh, yeah. war. So they also brought Todd Howard out to talk about how cool Starfield <laughs> is because they can't hype that enough. It's almost like know, they have something I invested don't even in. That. Know anything about Todd Todd Howard? And yet I know he's a punchline. Yeah, that's um, what I know about Todd Howard. Adam Savage is doing a physical model of one of the ships from um, Starfield what, as a, a, a multiple video build. True. They keep referring to. Starfield is NASA punk. Is that is that the term? Okay. There's they they love like because the the technology in Starfield feels like evolved NASA technology right, instead sure. of instead of doing their own thing they wanted to ground it so they made everything feel like, feel like a lot of the yeah. NASA designs from the 80s like the space shuttle itself and and just evolved ver- like what should that look like in the future so i i think that's and that's probably another reason why adam's excited because yeah. it's very grounded so well, i'm sure they also gave him a dumb truck full of money and that was a factor as well but um anyway the hype the hype machine is getting uh insane for starfield people are is it People are heavily invested in it. Like streamers are very excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is currently preloadable on Xbox. If you're if you want to commit your and on chunk Game of Pass. your system, It'll it is on, on it Pass is on Game. Pass. It is one of the big big vectors for Game Pass for sure. Like you know, I, mean, I saw somebody posted on Reddit. They they had here's the games that are coming out, and here's how much it's going to cost me. And like it was it was Starfield and Payday Three. And I'm like my brother in Christ. It's on Game Pass. You don't have to own that shit. It's it's not. There's no reward for. Actually, that's not true. If you buy Starfield, you get to play it six days early. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some other shit that's that's only for the the pre-ordered version. What else would so. I do with those six days? And, right. And you could get the uh, collector's edition that comes with a watch that looks like yeah. your watch in game. Except it's not a very good watch. I no, guess I don't it's very <laughs> simple. Anyway, it's an Apple um, watch. So it's still interesting to see them them try to differentiate for the Game Pass version from the paid version in that mm. respect. Mm-hmm. So it seems like this is the new angle is, is, yes, you own it, and yes, you do get some other stuff for pre-ordering, but it's also in Game Pass. So anyway, yeah, games, Gamescom has been, it's been good for, for legitimate news, legitimate development material. The the a lot of a lot of talk with the devs. If you're into the the real nitty gritty of of game development, there's a lot of stuff to be to be. But it's not hype driven. I mean, everything that Jeff Keighley did, obviously very hype driven. Yes. Who else did he? He brought out a couple of actors. He brought out Troy Baker and and the and and the cast of Fort Solace, I think it's called, which is a new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it kind of fits into the walking. The simulator. 1984 Fort Apocalypse. No, uh, it's basically. A Mars mystery kind of a thing, but it's 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 got some action, but it's mostly about unfolding the mystery. And the reviews have been pretty I've soft. It, I've seen it on the on the list on Twitch. Yeah, like I said, the I think Metacritic's probably rocking about a sixty right now for it, so that's a shame. It looked cool, but it's probably a five hour mm. get it and die. It's not on Game Pass, so you'd have to actually buy it at full price, which would be pretty dumb at this point. <laughs> so anyway, they 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 had a a, a fair number of. Uh, people on stage to present the material but it's i'm surprised that that keely put it into the list of shows that he's now taken over because it's not that far removed from the game summer game fest it's the keely verse 
It kind of, it's becoming that. I mean, they're and they the game company seemed to be happy to let him become the the, the vector. He's the he's a, he's yeah. a very pliable front man. Mm-hmm. Like he, I don't think he, I don't want to say he's without morals, but he doesn't seem to be <laughs> particularly behind any one thing and can be convinced. I'll say to, yes to anything. He's very basically. safe and he he hasn't been compromised yet. I think that's the big step with what him. What was the magazine Lisa had? Non-threatening boys. Yeah, that's he's, he's the cover <laughs> yeah. cover model of non-threatening he's, boys. He's a big nerd, but he's also a professional, and he's a, he he knows he knows the game. I would have preferred to see Kevin Pereira in that role, but you know, Kevin Kevin was a great host, but he's not. Kevin's got too much of an edge, and yeah, he, I, which I love for him. Yeah, and I love his his humor and the way he presents. But Jeff Keeley is that you know lukewarm oatmeal that you know 90 percent of people will take a spoonful and say okay yeah that's fine you know what it is jeff Keeley is jimmy fallon and kevin Pereira is seth myers oh yeah you could you could do it like that i, I don't want to punch Keeley as much as i want to punch uh what's his face yeah anyway um speaking of punching things i don't know yes yeah. destiny 2 apparently is after a season that burned out the fire team destiny 2 might be good again yeah i mean it the last season it, it started. Stopped. It did. It, it it was like we hit a point where we're just like, okay, we've fished, we've done the quest, we've unlocked guns. Let's uh, take a bit of a break. And, and, and I'm I'm happy about that. Honestly, yeah. I mean the timing of it was perfect. It was almost like they designed it to have. Let's have a kind of a long it, it's tail a, a good but short season mm. that we dip that we dribbled out, and that also happened to coincide with the launch of Diablo Four. Yeah. So that way they were going to lose viewers. They were going to lose players. No question. Yeah. And they were, they kind of went, this is a good time for this anyway. So we enjoyed the story, but like everything else in destiny over the last few years, it, there's not much there. And they have also spread it out over a two. Well, it, they were spreading it out too long and now they've got, it's kind of like the star Wars TV shows now where it's like six episodes for a season, you know, whereas, you know, we used to be at least get 10 episodes before you, when we were kids, we get 24 episodes. But so in Destiny's kind of pulling the same thing where we've got six weeks of content and then we're just going to have the same thing that you can keep playing over and over again. And we very clearly, we went, clo- oh, we're good. We, cl- we completely missed the solstice event because yeah. why? why? Because it was, f- it was filler. They have events that are there just to have something happen before the next right. season. And it's fine. It's great. I'm sure there were a lot of people who had never done a solstice event and probably enjoyed themselves. We all got artifice armor. What's the point of grinding out candescent armor? Yep, exactly. So, and that's fine. As I'm, as I'm trying to, re- to, to drive into my own head as much as anyone else's, you don't need and this has always been the problem with live service games is is this the fear of missing out the 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 constant need of attention even diablo right now i'm reminded that season 2 doesn't start until mid october there's plenty of time to just to get to 100 and and get get what you need out of this season well i'm and, i'm kind of at that point with d4 right now i'm like right. well i've got i've i've done the battle pass I've got, all I've got left is to hit level 100. What's your current level? 81. Okay. Because we haven't played together in a no. while. We've, I've been playing with Jamie and Matt, and I'm at like 65, 66, I think, and you're like 80. 71. Okay. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're plodding along, and we're, we're, doing, yeah. we're enjoying ourselves. But the thing is, like, we're there's, not- there's nothing until the absolute end now, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like, there's, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. 
so I'm not really motivated. I to, still didn't like, even finish the, the 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 core game. Really, I mean, I finished the yeah. story obviously, but so, I I could still evolve that. Season character. of the Deep petering out right when Diablo release was perfect, yeah. and now the Diablo season we're kind of on the treadmill portion of it, and right. I'm perfect dipping out into the yeah. D- D- Destiny two because the newest one, Season of the Witch. It's got some story teeth, yeah, and it's got some gameplay hook because it's it's mining the same territory that the high the high watermark for Destiny has been the Savathun's uh, expansion, yes, the, the, uh, Witch Queen, Witch Queen, which was phenomenal, and Lightfall paled in comparison. That the, the the current full season full full year uh, event wasn't nearly as impressive as the one before it and now they've gone back to that and, and narratively it works it, it plays into what they've done before but they've, they've gone to a place that i did not think was coming and they've kind of brought hive into the guardian side like we've got now elixni allies we now have um cabal allies but now we've got a a, a hive ally of sorts and I did not. Th- I thought that was going to be the odd, odd thing out. And it's it's really interesting. I, I mean, they they put it all out there in their reveals and everything, but mm-hmm. it, it's really interesting where it's going. And it it's got because Lightfall had some story beats, but a lot of but but why? Yeah. What what does this mean? And they've they've dribbled out like one of the main storyline elements that they've been not even storyline let's call it lore that they've been they've been drip feeding in this one mission in Lightfall that you can go back to weekly and get a new log update. It's literally two minutes of audio, and they've been doing it weekly. Where, where you can go back to this area. So uh, I, like many people, just watch the YouTube videos where the guy, where the, the lore master will basically play back the thing and then explain why that matters. And it's interesting, but again, it's literally two minutes a week of story content in that mm. respect. And then now the main story, you know, the main mission, you can, you can get through the week's content in an hour easily. Mm-hmm. And then, then that's when the grind starts and the grind is fun. The new, there's two new uh, campaigns or two new uh, uh, things you can do. Um, but the, what's it, what's different this season is that both of those are three man uh, events. Yes. One was three man previous season. And then one was six man. So you had to match make and then deal with randos. Yeah. And- but it was, it was a, it was a, Focused. I, I liked the salvage missions in that respect. It mm-hmm. was nice to just get thrown in with some randos, run around, do some shit. There was nothing at stake. It was just just a fun grind. Now, now it's two three man ones, so we can the three of us can play together and get through all the content, and 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 not we don't necessarily have to grind the hell out of it. I mean, we're gonna grind a bit for the first month. To once we unlocked all of the shit from the from the card the cards that you can get, it's an interesting. We're not going to get into the specifics of the gameplay, but basically, it's just been it's it's been very nice. Uh, it's been a good season, and then after this, there's another season coming. Uh, after um, after uh, this, another question mark season, yeah, like an unknown season, and then they showed off a bunch of what's coming in the final shape, which is the finger quotes end of the light and dark saga in Destiny Two. Like the big question is, how do you end a live service game? This is the question that's. But they're played, not even uh, really doing that because they're saying it's going to continue afterwards. But, well, this, and this is it. Like as it stands right now, the final expansion will come uh, in February, 
and then they're going to have what they're calling episodes following that. Like previously they called, they would have seasons. Now they're going to have episodes, which feel like they may continue beyond this year. They've got three scheduled to follow Witch Queen, which when you purchase the, the special final edition, shape. final shape, sorry. When you purchase the special edition, you get those three episodes included. Otherwise you got to buy them piecemeal like the seasons. Um, and beyond that, they're not saying what there is. If they're just, they could have more, more episodes following that. Most likely they'll have to have a whole new game coming out. And then D2 will still continue in the same way that Destiny 1 is still playable. You can still log into Destiny 1 today and, and play a fair chunk of that mm-hmm. as it stands. Uh, and, or, and, and the D2 will continue in that same way. They're going to probably create, they're probably going to bring back most of the locations because they're going to stop doing new weapons and new stuff and just have, maybe they'll continue some of the story stuff, but I don't think they're going to. With this expansion, they've added the re- ability to replay previous missions. Like you can pre- replay the Cade mission from Forsaken. It's, it's curated at this point. They're, they're letting you play through previous story missions on a curated level. And I think it's week by week. No, this is separate. This is, uh, you can replay the fall of Cade yeah. as, a, as a, a mission. You can go back. No, to I know that, that, but, that. But you can go back to that one anytime. Once you complete that. Is, you, you, it's still on the timeline. You can still okay, play it, but it's still. But next week they're going to add another one. No, the, what you're thinking of is the um, the story missions, the uh, the the exotic weapon missions that they're putting. No, no, on no, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. That's different. I'm, I know the, the Cade mission that you're talking about. The where the so it shows up on the timeline, which yeah. is the historical timeline. But I think they're releasing. You're way too far into the weeds. I, <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's. I fine. have that's, no idea what you're talking about. Bottom line is, it's it'll it'll be interesting to see. How you continue a live service game beyond its actual ending, and we're we're finding out in real time with Destiny, and they they haven't said anything beyond what's coming after because you know they're focused on having content coming out next February and for the for the rest of the year. So, but you're enjoying Destiny two again. Currently, it's yeah. uh, it's got some it, the story is really standing up right now. Yes. All right. Are we ready? Yes. Is it time? It's time. This is a big one. We are about to enter our top five games of all time. Continued with Andrew's number one. So the point of this was to make us lock in our top five. Yes. Again, in no means are these. These are our top five right now. For for our current mindset at our current age, unless you can visit the future, then yes, right. Well, even so, even <laughs> even stuff that you you may, you know, one of us could rediscover an old game that we played and realize, holy shit, this had a bigger impact on me than I thought. So I have not replayed my top pick, and despite the fact that it has been represented several times, and every time I go, I could play it again, but will it match mm. my experience? That I had at the time. It's Peggle. It's Peggle. (laughs) Peggle two. Um, um, you could probably. Can you guess? Guess what it is? One. Just take one guess. Uh, Not a clue. Not a clue. Not nothing. Jamie, anything? No. Okay. So my point. My other. My other point is that um, I had locked in my choice for for what my number one was going to be. And and in a, in similar to my other choices, it is part of a series. 
and I, but I still wanted to pick the title that I would choose to not just to represent the series, but also that that was the one that was the real defining element. My initial choice was Final Fantasy. IV. I, I was just All thinking right. it's a Final Fantasy. Yeah, it was going to be Final Fantasy Four, which was initially Final Fantasy Two when it came out, because that was the one that that just it blossomed the genre. It, it, it created what the JRPG is. Really, I mean that was the 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 lodestone that everything built from. But in the same way that Mass Effect begat Mass Effect Two, which elevated that, right? I have to say Final Fantasy Three is my number one because everything that was amazing about Four and and I and I and I've always come back and I've always my brain always said that was the one that was the one. But then when I was going through the research and reading about the story, the story beats in two. Um, I didn't. I thought, oh wait, I thought he was the bad guy in, in this one, and he's not. He's from the other one, and so much of that. I mean, there was. So the story is what made Final Fantasy IV great. It it had a real powerful story to it is that had never been presented in a game before. You know, most like, I had played Dragon Warrior which was the original Dragon Quest on the on the NES. I played it to completion and I loved it. And it was an RPG. It was a JRPG, but it didn't really have a, a real it had a story, but it was simply save the kingdom kind of stuff, fight sure. the dragon. Right. There was no real narrative to it that was truly elevated. And then Final Fantasy absolutely had that. It had a really good story, it had characters, it made you care about these characters, it put them in peril. You thought they died, they came back later in some in most cases, and it was phenomenal. The you know, the, the time battle system, the the mode 7 usage on the Super Nintendo, you, you know, remember mode 7 where it would it would basically take your 2D plane and and move I, it I around. I think I've played one Final Fantasy. No, but in, in Super Nintendo world, like like mode 7 I, was the I never was, had an SNES. Oh, really? Yep. Nope. Just totally, totally. As a side thing, Mode Seven basically they they could create a two D platform and manipulate it in three D. Okay. So uh, the original uh, Mario Kart used it to great effect, and and, okay. and Final Fantasy used it to tilt the world map, and you could you could when 2. you got two point five D basically, yeah. and and you could uh, you, when you got the 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 airship to navigate the world, it tilted the world, and you could it was it was it was jarring at the time. It was it was really stunning. So. And two also had an incredible score by uh, Ubatsu. Nobo uh, Ubatsu murdered his name, but he was a legend. Um, and um, and you know the art, even though it was only sixteen bit, was still really beautiful. And Amano was the one who created the art, which inspired the the, the mediocre graphics of the, of that sixteen bit. So on the on the shoulders of that came Final Fantasy three slash six. And that was incredible. That was the one that that really blossomed. It, it it told a much more epic story. It was not just fantasy. It was also kind of a it had a steampunk element to it. Uh, it it brought it still had your your magic elements, and it had one of the best villains of all time in Kefka, who was uh, just a totally unhinged harlequin he was like the guy in the ear of the of the commander but eventually he takes over and 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 kills everybody and just goes like takes just destroys the world basically in game and then you basically fight him in the world of ruin as they call it in in the game and and just to try to undo the damage that he did but uh it also had an opera (laughs) like 
it they the story and in order for you to get the airship you had the only guy in the world who had an airship was was the the head uh, of of the opera company he was the singer so your character one of your characters happens to be a dead ringer for an opera singer so you have to basically have her perform the opera to convince him that you're her that so that he kidnaps her or your character and takes her to the airship and then she you know takes over the airship and then you get to use it but the opera was music it was actually music and and they they had like a a sim chip not actually singing in in english but just like but it was stunning it was it was incredible and it was just one of the one of the hallmark moments in video game history was when they they basically had an opera happen in the middle of an rpg to to further the story and and it was it was incredible so and also it involved one of the characters you got i think it said 14 characters could join your party eventually you could have four at a time maybe it was five at a time in that one um and one of them sabin could suplex a train I remember that. You could suplex a train. You fought a train. And you suplexed it because he had a suplex move, and it would let you suplex the train. It's a it's a meme. It was a meme before memes were memes, but you could suplex a train. You would enter like Street Fighter codes, basically, because he was a, a martial artist. And if you entered it properly, it would it would do the move better. So it was just little things like that. But it was it was just an incredible experience, and you know, and it it came out in ninety four. Nineteen ninety four. It took me forever is, to find it because yeah. America numbers it differently than Japan because mm. it was six in Japan and it's uh, three in America. So, I mean, I was I was in university at that point. I was out of university at that point. I I I basically left school, so I was. Uh, just a driftless layabout at that point, trying to get into film school. So I, I don't even remember where I played it, if it was in Amherst or in Halifax or what, but it was, I was obsessed about it. And like, I was, I was in that world for the, for the duration. So it was, it was, it really opened my eyes. But two and three really made me realize that you could have a much bigger experience in a video game. You know, it was in the, 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 the action was solid. Uh, it was fairly linear because it led you through the story. I mean, you had some exploration and you, you did a little bit of grinding to get your level up because you knew that there was going to be a boss, but it wasn't punishing. It was simply challenging and you would get to a certain point and eventually you'd overlevel yourself and fight the boss and absolutely destroy him and go, oh, I guess I was a little too good. But, you know, why it, did I say all save all these Phoenix downs? All these mega elixirs by the end of the, the end of the game, you've got 40 mega elixirs that you were saving for the final boss. And you're like, he might he might have another form. Um, but they did incredible things with the graphics again, the 16 bit style, but it was so, it was like filmmaking where, where filmmaking, when, when Arson Wells was making films, there were limitations and you had to work within those limitations and it elevated the material because of what you chose to do to fight that instead of giving, being given all the money in the world and, and incredible resources to, to make photorealistic stuff. You had to make a 16 bit game look interesting. So mm-hmm. the, the, the monster design, you know, you had running gags with, uh, there's a character called Ultros who was basically a, an octopus who kept coming back to kick your ass and you would inevitably kick his ass. And it was, it was, it was funny. Um, but again, characters were strong. You, you actually, everybody had their own story, um, and and you were invested. You were, and it was it was an incredibly beautifully presented world. And it's 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 on almost every 
top games of all time list. If it's not at the top, it's it's in the top ten for for pretty much everybody that played it. So again, it was it was a fundamental thing, and it was a truly transcendent experience for me to play uh, that that Final Fantasy three. And if I remember correctly. Um, one of my favorite things about Final Fantasy is is the theme, the crystal theme, as they call it. Uh, and two was the one that um, had an incredible version of it, and I believe it was in the intro. And then I'm playing through three, and it never actually played. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. Uh, but, you know, okay, whatever. And then finally, you finish the game, and during the final sequence, it starts playing the crystal theme music, and I I think I actually teared up when it actually played because I was so relieved to hear it. And it was such a beautiful rendering of the theme that it was, it was, it was an incredible experience because I never actually played final fantasy, the original NES version. My, my cousin had it and he played it and he loved it. I'm like, cool, lend it to me so I can play it. And then somehow I never ended up with a copy of the game. I don't know if he just wouldn't lend it to me or, and then I never got around to buying it or anything. So I never did put it it on your Mew mini. Yeah, exactly. So, but it's not, you know, again, Final Fantasy was the original and then and then they made three NES games, uh, but only the first one came over to North America. Second one did too. That was Final Fantasy 2 in North America, which was 4 in No, no, that's that's what I'm saying. Is that yeah. Final Fantasy 1 2 3, only one came over to North America. 2 and 3 were never released until the later. But 4 was iterations. for, the, super, was for four, the Famicom. 4 was 2, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, but, 4 4 was Super Famicom. Not according to the Wikipedia. No, for, for, that's what I'm talking about. Final Fantasy II, the one my first choice, was on Super Nintendo game. That was the one that was... that was They'd called it Final Fantasy II because 1, 2, 3 were not... 2 and 3 were not released here, so they called it 2. So there was... The hardcore nerds were, were calling it yeah, 4, yeah. Uh, 4 or 2, and then 6... Uh, three was actually six because five didn't get released here because they thought that the job system was too challenging. So they skipped five as well and then released uh, Final Fantasy VI as Final Fantasy III. And then when Seven came out on the PlayStation, they said, fuck it, this is Final Fantasy Seven. accept it, get over it. This is Seven. it's the seventh Final Fantasy, there were other ones, and everybody went, okay, fine, it's Final Fantasy Seven. Jeez, that's great. I'm surprised Ten wasn't your favorite. Uh, uh, I like Ten. With a wave. I'm, a, I'm an apologist. The wave is your father. Yeah. 12, 12 was also excellent, but, you know. And I've, I have not... Uh, given most of the recent titles as much. I mean, 15 I played a bit and I just couldn't get into it. I'd, I'd still like to play it, but um, you know, big big storyline. 16 just came out and uh, evidently it's it's a solid game, but now it's an action RPG basically. Like They completely changed the, the, the way the game plays. It's an action RPG and it's Game of Thrones. And that's great, you know, and I, I'd like to play 16 as well, but it's not the same experience. So... Anyway, so the Final Fantasy three there we go. slash six is my number one. We are now in it. That's right. This is, this is it. Two and, more left. We are in. Okay. Well, thank you, Andrew. That's that's very elucidating. So uh, I think that'll do it for us this week. Thank you, everybody. Shout out, Scarlet. Shout out, Scarlet. If you've listened, Scarlet's been having some internet issues. I hope that they can listen, uh, at least to this point, at least download this. So Audio is less expensive than dial-up. It, it's, it's, it's a whole, yeah, streaming is not great. Downloading, possibly better. So we will see. Thank you, everybody, as always, for listening to the podcast and uh we will catch you again in two weeks 
You have been listening to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet podcast. Visit www.operationpuppet.com for all our links. Tell your friends, give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts, and join us again because nothing is more entertaining than aging nerds giving their opinions on the internet. <laughs>